missingniblets.com. Sounds like a mouse rat type band. <laughs> Called Miss, it. Missing Niblets. All right, you ready? Yes! Welcome, everybody, to episode number 64 of the Goulet Pencast, where fountain pens are still a thing. I am Brian Goulet. And I am Drew Brown. And we're here from Goulet Pens to deliver this casual and informal, tangential and extraneous, superfluous and extemporaneous fountain pen show where we talk about what's going on at the Goulet Pen Company and in our fountain pen lives. In today's show, we're going to be talking about topping off vac filling pens, choosing seasonal inks, and if that's something you should do, our favorite acrylic pens with a potential deep dive. I don't know. We'll see where that one goes. I did see that. I'm ready for it. Mm Mm-hmm. Our currently inked pens, how fountain pens have impacted our lives, and we react to a special chaotic pen video, Mm -hmm. and we have a Brian-picked hypothetical question, and we got some turkey hammock time, so it'll be a good time had by all today, and we'll start it off with some feedback as we always do. As we do. All right, this one comes to us from Jessica. And Jessica on YouTube said, totally agree on the arrow. I was so skeptical. We were talking about how the Diplomat arrow is surprisingly not cold and hard. Yeah, it's like yeah. For a metal pen, it's like yeah. relatively soft. Yeah. Jessica agrees. She says, I was so skeptical and almost returned mine, but it kept calling me, calling to me from the box. Please try me out. I want you to give me a chance. And I'm glad I did. It is not cold at all. Hmm. Agreed. A warm calling out. That's right. It's surprisingly soft. And I would say the same thing about the Caveco All Sport. Has that same type of, it's definitely metal, but it's not cold, hard metal. It's like soft, inviting metal. I find that to be a case, like, I think it's the finish on it. Yeah. Like powder-coated kind of finish, the matte aluminum. Because you get that too with uh, certain like Lamy Studios and stuff like that. You get that same kind of effect. Yeah, but not on the grip. The grip is usually pretty cold. Oh, yeah, that grip. Yeah. Cold as ice. Yeah. Except for the stainless steel one, that rubber grip. I love that. That's right. And isn't there a third grip too? There's. um, Um, No, I don't think so. Oh, uh, palladium. That one has the same. Oh, you're right. The the barrel and the grip are the same type of. You're right. It's like a matte palladium. So that one is, that one's a softer grip. Yes. But that one also, I think, has to have a gold nib to it. So It does, yeah. That's all that comes on it. Anyway, uh, PK also commented, said, thank you so much for the eco instructions. If you're Mm. curious, we went through how to disassemble a Twisby piston last week. I had the exact problem you described, so I pulled out my eco and started following along to fix it. So much better. Thanks. That's surprising. We did a thing that was actually helpful. I don't even think we were following along to what we were doing last week. I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty Clearly, we communicated how it was supposed to be. Good. At very least, even if we couldn't do it ourselves. That's real life there. That's real life. That's the one one take, no cuts. Yeah. That's what you get here. Mm -hmm. And then finally, Anozelia says, Drew, I'm a big fan of the Diplomat Arrow, but want an Elox. I Mm. see that there is a new Matrix version coming out, which makes four colors to choose from. Which is your favorite? I'm leaning towards the Matrix now. I put this in the feedback section under mine because I... Unlike some of us, can give just a quick yes. This one's my favorite answer, and it is the Matrix. Before the Matrix, I liked the purple, but uh, the Matrix is one hundred percent going to be my favorite. Even though it's not out yet, it looks rad. Definitely my favorite. Anozelia, get the Matrix. Folk so show. You would take the blue pill then, right? Well, Isn't in this the... case, it's the green pill, I guess. Ah, Matrix, Kung Fu. Such a good movie. Whoa. 
Such a good movie. That first one, yeah. I remember when it came out. It was like revolutionary. Yeah. It blew my mind. Nothing nothing else like it. Blew my mind. For sure. Anyway. Uh, I got some feedback too. One comes from Nicole. Uh, this is related to my fun fact that I had at the end of the last episode. Uh, the average person drinks 277 cups of milk in one year. So one cow can supply 722 people with milk for a year. It's pretty amazing. Yeah, because your fun fact from 200,000 glasses of milk in their lifetime. Yeah, now that's a whole lifetime of a cow. So I don't know how long a cow lives, a milk producing cow. I don't know. That's a deep dive that we're not going to get into today. But if anybody knows cows really well, maybe you can figure that out. Anyway. Or um, Google. Or Google. Yeah. Google knows. Uh, Brandon says, hello, Brian and Drew. My mom and I love watching your pen cast each week. As it would happen, my mom's birthday is coming up on Tuesday, October 4th, when we're filming this, actually. If you happen to see this comment before the next pen cast gets made, could you throw in a quick birthday shout out to my mom, Lisa? I have a feeling it would make her day and go well with the pen new pen that I got her. Keep up the great turkey hammock work. Lisa, have a very happy birthday. Please, or, Lisa. Please I guess do. I, I hope you had a happy birthday because yes. it'll be passed by the time this publishes, but... That's pretty cool. And enjoy your new pen. What a guy. And good job raising Brandon because clearly he's Brandon's just a class going out, act. Brandon's going out and asking for happy birthday wishes on your behalf. So you I didn't do that for my mom. Raise something right. <laughs> I didn't either. My mom's birthday will be coming up in a little bit. Maybe I'll do the same to myself. I don't know. I don't know who I Do you mean to wish her happy birthday on the podcast? My mom doesn't listen to any <laughs> podcasts, so I don't know how to do it. Anyway. Um, and then Wendy Wanderer 7 says, Brian trying not to say it depends. And answering yes and no so many times makes me laugh. I'm glad it entertains you. It's involuntary. Uh, <laughs> my teen son was delighted to discover the German word Jein. Is that how it's pronounced? Jein, which means yes and no. Ja and nine. He uses it almost as much as Brian. <laughs> Jein. I like that. That's, that's like, cool. I've never heard that. That's your credo now. I like it. I like that a lot. It doesn't work as well in English. Yes and no would be like, yo. Yo. No, doesn't, doesn't, doesn't go as well. No. I mean, still a word, but whatever. Anyway, great feedback, everybody. Thank you. And uh, we got some new stuff to talk about now. All right. I got a couple of new things to talk about. The first one is a new thing from Lamy. So I actually have this in person because I'm keeping one of these little suckers because I have been inadvertent Lamy collector. Because I started is, collecting them and I was like, well, I've got this one. I might as well get that one. Unlike anything I've seen from Lamy. So it's bigger than your typical Lamy product. And uh, we'll put pictures up too, I'm sure, because I can't show you in great detail here in person. But it's got a whole notebook and everything going on here. So uh, we actually found out about these like a while ago. I mean, I think a year ago or so. Um, but uh, it's a limited deal. It's not numbered or anything, but uh, not a huge supply of these things. So it comes with a notebook. I don't know if the color scheme means anything like significant in Germany or anything, but it's red, orange, and yellow. Uh, and it comes with a very interesting all-star. I thought it was a safari. I Even in, in my yeah. hand, I thought it was a safari. And you were like, no, it's metal. I'm like, this is not metal, but it sure is. Well, I didn't know because I looked at it. I saw it in your hands. I mean, we, we know what it is. Like an all-star, it's aluminum. That's why it's all-star. Right. So it's like, no, it should be metal. And I saw it in your hands and I was like, oh my gosh, is that a plastic pen? No. No, it, it's it's a... It's a shiny lacquer coated it is aluminum. Aluminum, yeah. Yeah. So it's just it's interesting because they, to my knowledge, have not done this before on an all-star. They've not like shiny coated I've never seen it. An all-star. So I don't know. 
it's bright red and it's got this crazy, you know, what would you call this? Um, neon. Chartreuse. It, it looks like, like highlighter yellow. Yeah. yeah. And it's got an orange feed on it, which I have never seen on a Lamy either. No. Um, so it matches the notebook, the color scheme there when you open it up and you're like, wow, this is a lot of color happening in my face. Um, so that's pretty interesting. Takes all the same converters, cartridges, all that, the nib and all that. So um, it comes with an extra grip section as well. Also that same highlighter yellow. Same highlighter yellow. This one has the regular like black Lamy feed. Same nib, right? Um, same same, same nib. nib size, which I think is interesting. I'm not sure if they were going for anything specific on that. I think they had an opportunity to put a different nib size on there. Add a little more value to it, but that's fine. Um, you know, I think it's cool if you want to like, if you really like that neon grip and you want to Franken pen it and put it on another pen, hey, you got options. Or if you just swap out the colors or whatever, you don't like the orange feed, that's fine too. So I don't know, kind of interesting. Very. Never really seen a package like this. I don't think we're going to have very many of these, but you can go check it out. Um, yeah. How much is this thing? 6320. Is that right? That's what's on our website. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. So that's that. And then the other thing we got is a rickshaw Sinclair. So this is kind of a marriage of rickshaw and knock, which we used to carry knock back in the day. Um, they were not selling to retailers for a while, but they've sort of what paired up with, with rickshaw, I guess. So, um, the model, which Drew, you've got one right there, don't you? I do. Or is that one not showing? Oh, shoot. I can't show that one. Well, we're showing up some pictures right now. Um, so basically this is a kind of like an all in one. I mean, we have the, um, what's it called? Koozie case. Yes. Which is basically like an open bag of sorts and you can put pen sleeves in it, which is cool. But this was like sort of takes out the you know, bag component of it. So it's got a place for you to hold your notebook on the inside and on the outside. And it's got three pen slot kind of built into the interior of it. And um, yeah, you can stick extra pens in there. It's cool if you can actually, if you don't want to, if you want to just use it for like maximum pen storage, which is what I usually do. I keep like a small notebook on the exterior of it. And then on the interior, you can fit the three pens in the three pen slot. You can fit three other pens and like clip them in to the other side with the notebook. You know, the ones that it's okay if they flop around a right. little bit and kind of hit each other. And then you can take a two pen sleeve, stick it in the middle, and then you get that nice little sandwich like you get. Love the sandwich. When you have the um, koozie case. Koozie case. Yeah. But it's a little more compact and you don't have to have the extra expense of like getting the whole koozie case thing with all sleeves so i don't right. know it's kind of neat different form yeah we, we might uh, take some time and showcase that one a little bit next week yeah i think we will we were talking about doing it this one but we got a pretty action-packed pencast for you so um anyway go check those out they're going to be 59 dollars. we've got a couple different designs and uh yeah pretty interesting so what's your favorite design you want the straight black with uh i mean the, i love the ink you know the ink splatter is kind of my deal you, like know, I'm, you know i'm all about the tweed, you're mr though. tweed yeah. yeah you're mr tweed love the tweed. which the tweed is cool the tweed Very. is cool I don't know. I like them all. They're like, you know, they got all different personalities. They look terrible when they're all together. Like when Glenn was trying to photograph them, he was like, how do I make these? Yeah, they look, don't go. They're and all I was like, very different. Yeah, they don't really go well together at all. <laughs> so no. I was like, they need a little social distancing in the picture. So, <laughs> you know, they really don't marry up well together, but they look great on their own. And I don't think anybody's carrying around multiples of these. No, no, no. With each other. Anyway. Big one. Yeah. What you got, Drew? Oh, I have a big deal, Brian. Oh, yeah? Benu exclusive. Now, this is not available yet, but it is on our coming soon page. So if you'd like to sign up to be notified when they're back in stock, they are coming soon. Benu Euphoria in Mm. three, count it, three exclusive patterns to the Goulet Pen Company, all based on 
delicious fun beverages mm. because the Euphoria line is themed about lives, life's little delights. Yes. So we there have been like desserts and alcoholic beverages and things like that. These are going to be three non-alcoholic beverages, rainbow slushy, cookies and cream milkshake, and iced caramel uh, latte. Latte. Yeah. yeah. So they are exactly what you think they would be. Audio listeners, picture picture each of these beverages. The pen looks like that. Like yeah. there's really nothing. You're not going to be surprised if you think about it and imagine it and then see it on the website. It's going to be what you think, which is great and very, very Banu. Oh, yeah. They went all out and trying to make these things look exactly like. And they really go the above drinks. and beyond. Like when I was last week, when I mentioned Banu as like my brand that doesn't mm-hmm. get as much recognition or whatever, I was talking about like how intentional they are with their creations and what it's like to work with them. I was sort of alluding to this, though we hadn't talked about this product yet, so I couldn't really say specifically then. But part of this process has been how great they've been to work with. Because like we had other ideas for certain drinks too, and they they tried multiple iterations to get things to work and have it look right. They even tried putting like part, parts of the actual like cookie or parts of whatever in there to see if they could make it work. They're like really going so far above what we even asked to do to make these things look great. And they've just been a dream to work with. So I don't know which one I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy one of them. I don't know which. Uh, Mm. I, the the rainbow slushy is the most Bennu of all three of them, just because it's just so, it's so audacious. Yeah. So I think that I'm you know mm. gearing toward that one, but I don't know. For I, the more time goes by, the more I fall in love with the cookies and cream milkshake. It's really good. It's a really good one. And the weird thing was, we were kind of on the fence about that at first. Yeah, but then we saw it. The more the yeah. longer we stared at it, the more we're, we're just. Like this looks like the milkshake. Yeah, it really like, does. That is amazing. Anyway, it really does. So we're super excited about mm. that. Those will be one forty nine a piece coming soon. Sign up for the notification list, and we'll let you know the second they are in yeah. stock. Yeah. And new from Visconti, Brian is yeah. the Rembrandt. Why is the Rembrandt new? You ask. We've had the Rembrandt before. Well, Brian, let me tell you. Not these Rembrandt. This is the right? Rembrandt S. Yeah. Which I guess stands for steel nib, but they've always always had steel nib. Maybe sequel or super. Or spanky, Special I don't know. Or still, still a Rembrandt. Still Rembrandt, <laughs> but it's not still the same Rembrandt. These mm. Rembrandts have new nibs, new steel nibs, uh, made by Schmidt. Schmidt in Germany. Schmidt it. Mm. Schmidt it in Germany. And the they come in orange, red, black, and blue. Technically, the red is Bordeaux. It's funny. It's just like orange, mm. black, blue, Bordeaux. Mm, one fancy one in there. Yeah, through, through a fancy one. Yep. <laughs> um, and then uh, full inside joke. The, the nib is a really nice nib. I did get a chance to write with these. Yeah. Truth be told, I wasn't in love with the older nib. These nibs. It was okay. I that wasn't say, like the main, It wasn't what was selling the pen. Right. Exactly. It wasn't. You know, it wasn't love at first. Right. Um, but okay. these nibs, I can confidently say, are an improvement. So if yeah. you're if you're curious about that. I do believe you'll be happier with these than you may have been with the older ones. So I applaud Visconti for going above and beyond to make sure that their next iteration mm-hmm. is not just a design change because they are new yeah. colors. The center band is a little bit different, mm-hmm. but the nib itself it has you know marketably yeah. improved. So I you know yeah. two thumbs up for that. Just in case you're wondering if if you've like not followed us for a while and maybe have or whatever you remember the Rembrandts. We don't have any of the old Rembrandts. Those were all Bach nibs. They're different style. They look different. So I, I don't think probably most retailers wouldn't have them at this point because they've been gone for a little bit. Yeah. So I think anything new that you're looking at is going to have these new ones. But the design is different and all that. So it should be pretty easy to tell them apart. I would think. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a completely yeah. different nib imprint um, yeah. and a different shape nib too, a different feed even. Yeah. Uh, it's a feed that I have never seen before on a Visconti pen. Yeah. It almost looks like that kind of Yovo feed, mm. but not exactly. Yeah, like a, maybe a Schmidt. Like the, I don't know. Maybe. I don't I, know how they do it. Well, yo, it's, it's a little mysterious when how I they say, do it. When I say Yovo feed, it's not, Yovo doesn't make those feeds. Right. But they're really the ones that you, those feeds. right. Yeah. They're the ones you most commonly see. But uh, I actually don't know, like I could, I know what the Bach feed looks like, but right. Schmidt doesn't, in my experience, have like a trademark feed that. I don't know. Schmidt's, yeah. Schmidt's a bit mysterious. They are. Me. They're more mysterious than Bach or Yovo. Yeah. Like it's there's like a the, couple of pen, heat. couple of pen models that have Schmidt's. Yeah. And you're like. Who are you, Schmidt? Mm. Who are you? Well, all I can say is the nibs write well. I'm happy with them yeah. and look forward to seeing how these Rembrandts do. So let us know what you think. Good stuff. All right. We got lots more new stuff, but you can go check out new things coming arri- coming soon, new arrivals. Oh, yeah. We've got some really kind of pretty new Tashias coming down the pipeline. Ooh. We don't need to spend some time with that right now, but take a look at the new stuff. We'll talk about yeah. it next, next week. Yeah. Like, whoa. Like, what is happening on these pens? It's mm-hmm. amazing. So go check those out. We are entering the season. We're in October now. We're entering the season. We're probably going to see some new stuff starting to come out again because we're gearing up for the holidays and a lot of manufacturers slow things down in the summer and then ramp things up for the holidays. So don't don't be surprised if you start seeing some more new stuff coming out. All right. That's what we got for new stuff. Let's head on over to Q&A. We have a question. Yeah, yeah. We have a question. Yes. <laughs> Drew's looking at me like... I'm supposed to, oh, see, on I'm this answering. page it says Drew. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> page got you and your paper. Uh, Who uses paper anymore? I don't know. Brian. Yes, Drew. The Trail Tog mm-hmm. is asking you okay. how to top off a vac filler without making a mess. Well, um, as soon as I saw this question, I reflected back to mm. episode number 38. Self-reflection. From March of earlier this year uh, when I tried to ink syringe fill my Twisby. And I made a gigantic mess, and I got ink all over my hands. Was this a? Was this a? Uh, it was like a back seven hundred. Tip or was of the it? week. No, no. It was, was a regular piston. I was trying to syringe okay. fill a, a piston. piston. Fill. Yeah, I remember that. And uh, I made a gigantic mess. Mm-hmm. So I really took that to heart because Trail Tog asked about without making a mess. I really that's the key. That's the key part to this thing. Um, so sounds like, it sounds like you and the Trail Tog have similar past yeah. experiences, perhaps. You know what? We're all human. I think if you're going to deal with fountain pens, you're going to get your ink on your hands in a little bit, especially if you're trying to fill them in unconventional ways. Um, so first question is, you know, to answer your question with a question, do you really need to top it off? I think it's an important question to ask. It is. I will say I'm all for like maximum ink capacity. Yeah. However, on a back filling pen, like the pen with the least volume that I can think of is probably like the vac mini which is a 1.1 milliliter or so when it's full That's all the way. That's a lot. That's more than twice what you get with a typical cartridge or converter. It's pretty decent volume. And, you know, I've traveled more, which sometimes I'll travel with backfilling pens because it does hold so much ink and it, you know, locks the chamber off and it does a really good job of that. I never refill those pens. Like, And I change my ink more than the average person anyway. So I think, yeah, there's some legitimacy to it if you're using the same ink going over and over again and you don't want to have to refill it all the time. But honestly, filling a vac pen is not that hard. Like, it's really pretty easy. And my whole thing is it's kind of a bunch of extra steps to max fill these vac pens. I don't know that you're really saving yourself any trouble unless maybe there's a couple options, a couple things I want to talk about here. But if you if you only have the pen and you don't have anything else, any other tools or whatever, I will say 
don't worry about maxing out the fill. So that would be my first answer is like, don't stress about it because it already holds so much ink. When you max it out, you're going to maybe get an additional 20% or so, 20, 30% maybe at the most, depending on the pen uh, of that ink capacity in there. You're already getting one and a half, two mils maybe in there. You know, you're getting a plenty of ink. You might change out the color or you just fill it again. It takes like 10 seconds and then you be on your merry way. Don't uh-huh. worry about maxing it out. So that's first thing is don't stress about yeah. needing to fill it. Um, but I think the most surefire way you're going to need some kind of tool, some kind of thing, especially if you don't want to get your hands inky. Um, so most surefire way, um, if you got a Twisby VAC, so the VAC Mini or the VAC 700R, the VAC 20A inkwell. I love that bottle so much. So convenient. Literally, you just screw the thing right into the top of the bottle. It's made for those Twisby pens. You turn it upside down. You pump the thing over and over again. It couldn't really be full much fill. easier. 100% full And fill. you're not really going to get much, if any, ink on it, the grip of the pen. It threads it on just like you were to be capping the pen. Yeah, you're basically putting a giant ink cap. container yeah. on your cap. Yeah. And then you just flip it over, you pump it, and it fills to the max, flip it back over. So it is super convenient, but it only fits the Twisby pens. So if you have a Twisby vac, then that's a great option, and it's not that expensive. What is it, like 20 bucks or something yeah, for that little thing? Super, super easy. So that's a great way for the Twisby vacs. Um, if you don't have a Twisby vac, then you have a couple of options for that's more universal to the pens. Um, the Peniter pen filler is the more economical one, but the similar principle to the um, Visconti traveling inkwell. So those are great for just carrying around if you don't want to carry a glass ink bottle with you. So you can carry a you know smaller volume of ink than you would have in a full bottle, but it's great for travel. You can refill most of your pens with it, not just vacs, but any pretty much any pen. Um, but in particular, when you're using it with a vac filling pen, same concept as that Twisby Vac 20A bottle. You can shove the pen in there, flip the thing upside down, pump it over and over again pretty mindlessly, and then it just until it maxes out, flip it back over, and you go on your merry way. So it is super convenient, and I will say if you're willing to make the investment on an additional tool like that, and you have an ink that you're using regularly and you do want to max it out, it's really, really easy to do that. So those tools would be by far the best way to do that. So if you're not going to want to – if you don't want to buy an additional tool – but say you have an ink syringe or something on hand, you can fill with an ink syringe on certain pens. Um, this is my by far like distant, like third option here uh, to everything to either not filling at all or using one of these tools. Um, but you can you can remove the grip on certain pens like the Twisbees. I wouldn't do it on the Custom Eight Twenty Three from Pilot. They're pretty touchy about their warranties with anything around that grip section. So trying to remove that grip section off the body of the pen. I just wouldn't bother messing with it. Um, but you can do that with the um, the Twisbees for sure and probably other some vac milling pens too. But you could either like take the nib out or remove the whole grip of the pen. And then you can just take the syringe and you can literally just bypass the vacuum seal on it. And basically treat it like an eyedropper. Yeah, it's basically a big eyedropper at that point. Um, and that is a pretty clean way to go about it. Pretty low risk. But then you're dealing with an ink syringe and you got to clean it and all that kind of stuff. It's not terrible, but... I don't know. For me, the ink syringe thing, it's like I, I would rather just refill the pen when it needs to be filled and yeah. not bother having it totally maxed out. Um, can you top it off with just the pen with no tools? Technically. Somebody might yes, be able to. I have done it. Oh. Before. Mm. But it is. Did anybody one see of you the, do it? Yeah. Mm. But it's one of the riskier activities mm. that you can do because essentially what you have to do, and I don't have a good way to demonstrate it right this moment, but. And I didn't feel like making a huge mess in this video. 
But you can do it. You basically have to fill the pen all the way that you can with a conventional, you know, way. You got that little 20% or whatever. What you have to do is you have to then basically turn the pen upside down. You have to like hold the pen with your hand and sort of like push the piston, you know, so that it's not not all the way, like two thirds of the way. So it's still engaged. Oh. So you're sort of priming it a little bit. Then you like kind of quickly like put it back in the ink and then press it. I have seen you you did that. You've done that on a video before. I have done it before. I've seen you do that. That's right. But I'm sorry. I doubted you. Probably 80% of the time I'm spilling ink somewhere (laughs) or getting it on my hands or something. So I will say it is not an elegant elegant solution. If you are bound and determined and you have no other tools in your disposal and you're like, I'm going on a desert island. I need as much ink as I can get and I can't carry any ink with me and I have no tools. Okay, go for it. But you're probably going to get ink on your hands. So yeah. I really wouldn't even necessarily count that one as an option. I was kind of like a little honorable mention, but by far the best way is with these tools that I mentioned, and then you can be on your merry way. But yeah. They do work really well, though, I will say. If you want to invest in these tools, they yeah. work great for filling back. I feel like if you are, you are, everybody's going to be on a scale, right? Either yeah. on how much they care about getting that complete fill. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be right in the middle. You're going to be mm-hmm. one or the other. If you are closer to the, yeah, I want that thing full, then just go all the way and buy an accessory. If you're, you know, at like 40% how much you care, uh, then just move move the rest of the way to not caring at all about yeah. it. Yeah. Just go one of the two ways. Either go yeah. all the way over to buying something or all the way over to not caring at all. Then so, you'll be happy either way. So it kind of makes me think, Drew, like of those people that you know that use, like actually use vacuum filling pens, mm-hmm. I feel like they're using them like, regularly like it's like one of the pens that's always in their rotation well i feel like vac fillers offer like a their incapacity as a big selling point and yeah. if you buy that as a selling point that means you need you meet yeah sorry that means you need that incapacity mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah i totally understand you know why someone would want to get that yeah. fulfilled personally i one of the reasons i do love twisby's vac 700 and vac 20 uh, vac uh mini is because they are compatible with that bottle. I think that just their compatibility is a selling factor for me. Yeah. The but the pen filler, the Panider pen filler, works with everything. All, yeah, pretty so, much. And it's about the, I think it's about the same price as that Vax One A. So that one you could really go either way with. You that. certainly could. Yeah, very cool. All right, all right. Next question I got for Drew from Boston Welch. Choosing inks based on the season, yay or nay. As we're on the cusp of a new season. We are. The leaves are dying and uh, falling on the ground. That's right. You got a mustard yellow shirt for fall, I would assume. I don't know. Or it could have just been twelve ninety nine at Marshalls. And hey. at the, is we, it a new shirt? It is a new shirt. Well, relatively new. A couple weeks. Relatively new. But yeah. 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 Right place at the right time, All man. All right. All right. This is not new. I have two of these actually. I have two of these shirts. I like that. It's 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 a nice. It's almost uh you know in that cerulean family. It's close to that. Mm. I often can't wear it in videos because it's messes with the color that's on the walls of most of the places in here. But <laughs> because this is dark, I figured I could go for it. I have a I have a, I have a black <laughs> shirt with like little tiny tiny white polka dots all over it. Oh, I yeah. wore it once during a pen cast, and it was like, <laughs> nope, can't yeah. do that. Yeah, we gotta be careful. We have to think about these things, y'all, when we do these pen casts. The things we do for you, anyway. Inks for the season. Yes, is this a thing? Uh, I, I for you, for for me, it's a thing for some seasons. For October, it will be. For fall, it will be. Like I'll try to do. I'll try to do some like spooky inks, and I'll try to do some autumny inks. 
And then I'll try mm-hmm. to do some more New Year's-y holiday inks. Mm-hmm. Apart from that, though, no, not at all. Like, I like the not, whole rest of the year? The whole rest of all year. You're not into no, the thing? don't care. No, don't really? care. No, so I'm like, I'm heavy. Well, no, this is the holiday season, you know, from Halloween onward to the end of the year. Yeah. That's the holiday season, right? So sure. for the holiday season, I think that everywhere is more themed mm. than it is the rest of the year. Like you look at home decor, you might yeah. see some people saying like, okay, I'm doing going to do a little spring thing. But generally people jump into Halloween, they jump into Thanksgiving, they jump in for, you know, the celebratory December holidays, mm. uh, more so in a decorative fashion than the random holidays that exist throughout the rest of the year. True. Um, so, but it's not necessarily about the holidays, right? It's about the season. Like I'm thinking, I, to I'm me, thinking to season me, more in terms of like weather and to me, and stuff. it's, Oh, well, you know, that, that's a good point, too. You know, so, like spring, I don't think of the holidays that are in spring. I'm thinking of, like, flowers blooming, if you're on the northern hemisphere. If you like were more creative blooming. than me, yeah. For me, I need okay. to al- already know which colors are themed around different uh, seasons. And I get that mm. through uh, being sold at sold yeah. to at Target and a stuff lifetime like that. of commercialization right. so sure. that's how i define stuff if you were if <laughs> okay. you're more color coordinated and creative than i then yes mm. i'm sure you could assign more colors to more parts of the year but for me it's mainly the holiday season which i do like to theme especially um when i'm in the card writing zone mm. um in december so okay that because I, I do try to write some letters around that time oh, good um, for you. some i didn't last year yeah i don't but that's that. usually when but, i really break out my like my 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 um red and green Lamy okay. All Stars, nice red ink and green green ink, both both with one point five stubs on them. Okay, yeah, try to get all fun with it. Yeah, yeah, um, for all that calligraphy that people think that you yeah, know how I to mean, do. You're like, usually, it's just a stub nib. That's all. It's literally no different than my normal writing. Diamine Matador <laughs> and Private Reserve mm. Spearmint. Okay, there you go. those are strong. They strong are strong colors there. Um, but I will say that right mm-hmm. now I don't have any holiday inks inked up. I need to. I'm. I'm Two, okay. two of my three pens are almost empty, so, uh, oh, so I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty ready for you're a refresh. Right. But I will say that in keeping with this whole thing, myself and Adrian, our customer care manager, recently put our heads together and came up with some holiday ink package sets. So some mm-hmm. ink sample package sets. So we have two. This one is out of stock as I'm looking at it right now. So yeah, of course, of course. Uh, but we have two right now. We have um, the uh, fall colors uh, sample set, which is, you know, what you would expect there. Yeah. Uh, Diamine Autumn Oak, Diamine Firefly, mm. Diamine Poppy Red, Monte- Monteverde Giraffe, actually. We spent a lot. A I long- always think of giraffes when fall rolls around. I, I'm telling you, man, we looked. We spent a long time looking at these colors and giraffe was like this really nice it's like, probably the one that we're out of right now that's keeping that whole oh set god don't tell out. me that <laughs> uh noodler's golden brown private reserve burgundy mist um Ooh, okay. robert oster cafe crema which is a new favorite of mine mm, and mm. then roar and cleaner helianthus which oh, that's a good one that one was my discovery from when i had all these yellows inked that's up. right helianthus was the one that i settled on like this is the most legible yellow that can you can actually you know call a yellow for the most part and still write with it and yeah. have it be seen um, so we do have those available. I'll link to those. I'm surprised you tried and didn't try to work more browns in there, Drew. I mean, I mean, being the brown advocate that you are, man, you missed an opportunity. There's a couple of solid browns in there, but okay, okay. yeah, we could have gone more. But uh, I'm, this isn't about me, Brian. This is about oh, okay. this is about the all people. Right, all right, the season. All right, and then for uh, spooky Halloween, we've got Diatramentus Document Ink Black, which is just like the blackest of all blacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we went Diatramentus Document White. Ooh. Yeah. 
and then diamine meadow for like a nice slime purple, a uh, mm. slime green. Yeah. Diamine pumpkin, because pumpkin, of course. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, Lamy Azurite has this really cool, like, greeny, purpley. Yeah. That's kind of spooky. Yeah. Noodler's blue ghost, of course. Nothing else mm-hmm. compares to that. Prior Reserve vampire red. Oh, of course. And then Robert Oster River of Fire has like a really cool. It's mm. like a dark, spooky green with a hint of a red sheen behind mm. it. So that That's one cool. was so much fun to make. And is that one out of stock? Oh, please tell me no. Come on. It is in stock. Yay. So check out the spooky set. And we will also That's have um, two coming up. We'll have one for the more celebration aspect of December, New Year's and whatnot. And then we will also have a winter one that just kind of like is mm. more the season rather than a you know, collection of holidays. So yes, I'm all for it. And we have also taken some steps to make it easier for you to be all for it. Yeah. I think this is a common thing that a lot of folks do. And I'm like, yeah, whatever cranks your tractor. Like, I don't know if you've been in fountain pens for a while, I think it's especially good because then, you know, especially if you're not like acquiring new stuff all the time or whatever, it can be like a reason, a motivation to like change things up a little bit. You know, sometimes I, Maybe use the same blue inks over and over and, <gasps> over and over and over again. No. I know. It's crazy, right? But, you know, even I, I'm not like regimented about like, oh, it's fall. I must change my pens. But it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. It gives me like a catalyst for like, you know what? I've had blues in my pens all summer. Maybe I'll throw in, you know, Red Dragon or like. Sounds like you're advocating one of the for some arbitrary rules, Brian. <laughs> you know what? I'm not going to say it's rules because it's not like something hard and fast I live by. I'll say, you know, arbitrary, inspirational. That's what moments, I'm talking about. That, that's, that's, that, that's the sure. same. It's the same thing about saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I've got two, of my, two out of my three pens almost empty. Okay. One of them is a white pen. Maybe yeah. I'll go with a light gray or something just to kind of like, okay. it just helps narrow things down, right? Oh, your system is way more effective than mine. There's no arguing against that. I I mean, just, no, it's not a system. It's just like it's, it's when, you are, when you have access to a warehouse full of freaking ink, yeah. like <laughs> you need to, you know, get some rails on there. And yeah. it's not like just because we, you know, we get it for free doesn't mean that you also don't have access to all that. You do too. You have tons of ink choices everywhere. So yeah. holidays, seasons can help you kind of narrow that down and yeah. uh, try some different things and find out what hits your bullseye. I also find that not only are there a lot of really good choices, I don't know, I think for me personally, in terms of the seasons, I think fall at least again, fall traditional, like Northern hemisphere stuff that we've been grown up in. Obviously it's different, different weather places, things, whatever, weather places, weather places. Um, but us, it's like, you know, we have leaves that change and stuff like that around here. So it's like you get the Browns and the oranges and the yellows and all that kind of stuff. Um, so for me, it's like, to me, it's one of the most distinct seasons of color. Cause like summer you can be like, Oh yeah, there's like, I guess turquoises and whatever there's, you can, you can really broaden the range quite a bit for things that fit into all the other seasons, except I guess winter, you have like certain defined holidays, but even then, like, well, that, most that, of the that's, holidays are that's falling getting, in fall. That's anyway. getting into holidays though. Like yeah, that's the not color really of season. fall is outdoors. The color of holidays right. is yeah. indoors. Yeah. So I don't know. To me, fall, it just like is one of the most it distinct, is. like you pretty much know what colors fall, you know? Are. Yeah. And there's a lot of really good in colors that are very usable as well. Cause like you can have like pastels and stuff for spring, but like mm, those aren't the most usable colors in my opinion, having darker colors like that are more useful for things. Like, it is. You can still use them at work and all that. And it's like, Oh, if somebody sees like a dark red or something like that, it's like, Oh, it's kind of interesting, but they're not like, what the heck is this? 
you know, I don't know. I will say that we, um, in thinking about a nice set for a spring, mm. I would like to use some Ferris wheel press inks because we didn't have any in oh, yeah. these two, but they do have some more lighter pastel ink. So if anybody out oh, there yeah. has Ferris oh, wheel like, press inks that you would really mm-hmm. recommend as good spring colors, I can start taking notes now and kind of mm-hmm. start getting that. And some good like chrome shading stuff. Oh like yeah, a lot absolutely. Of that, just like screams. For sure. I mean, several brands. Sailor's got some, mm-hmm. even Colorverse. Yeah, there's lots of good... It's going to be lots of good stuff. Most definitely. Cool. All right. Next one. Next one. The next one's yours, Drew. Yeah. All right, yours, Brian. Yours to ask me. I'm oh, going this, to ask is you. Deep, this is the deep. This is the deep. All right. Here we got. Uh, okay. You got to put some. Speaking of some arbitrary All right. boundaries. Papa Burroughs made the mistake of asking <laughs> favorite type of acrylic on a fountain pen. Now, such Brian. A, such a simple question. Well, here we go. Like, I'm looking at your notes here. All you right, didn't, didn't answer his question. Yeah, I did. I did. I did. Somewhere in here you talk about your favorite? I do. Yeah. There's a lot of bullet points there. Is the word favorite in your notes? <laughs> I don't have like one favorite pen that I chose, but yeah. I I mean, yeah. All right. So <laughs> when I when I read this question, I was like, I just the word acrylic is what jumped out to me. Uh-huh. And I was like, Well, like what kind of acrylic? Uh-huh. Like what, are we t- is this a question about the types of acrylic? No, it's not. Yeah, as soon as I did, as soon as I kind of deep dove, I was like, "Yeah, I don't think Papa Burroughs was asking no. about any of this. No one really cares about oh, the chemical makeup of pen oh. resins." So I kind of deep dived, and I was like, "Well, I'm kind of in too deep already." So just so you understand, the logic, you know, I don't choose my deep dives; they choose they choose me, right? So it starts out with an innocent question, just a casual question, often a very short question, and well meant mm-hmm. and i start looking into certain things and my brain is like huh i wonder i wonder about this word or i wonder about this little thing maybe they're asking about this and then i'm like oh this is kind of interesting i've never been into these websites on google these random scientific websites breaking down different injection molded plastic resins and what they're commonly used for and you know then i start going down a rabbit hole and then i i usually come to like 5 to 10 different points where i'm like Whoop, I am off the trail now. There's not even a place where I can see my way back to where this original question was. I was real back, Brian, and I got to like, you know, backtrack a little bit. And I'm like, okay, okay. You know, it's like when I'm hiking in the woods and I'm like, ooh, look at that bush over there in the, all the trees. And I get over I there and I'm like, are, are you, are I'm you like deep, I, can't, I can't see the trail anymore. Are you sidetracking about being sidetracked right now? Uh, yes, yes, I believe I am. <laughs> but I'm just trying to, so just trying to explain my logic of where my brain goes. Just so you all understand. It's going there right now. You are, what you're getting is a glimpse into how my brain works, right? So this is how my brain works all the time. I'll just be like, yeah, this is a normal question. Okay. Hey, what about that over there? Oh my gosh. Look at all this. Look at all these things over here that I've never researched and all that. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. Where did this time go? It's 20 minutes later. Okay. I love, love, where's the trail? Got to get back on the trail. Anyway. So I'm going to look to you on this one, Drew. Should I, should I go down this road of this well-meant research here or should I just pick the pens that I think are pretty? How about... Because I did answer both. How about you? Do you can, can you do a short version about like what? All right, here. Okay, how about how about what you're seeing is the short version. Oh my god! <laughs> <sighs> um, it's so many bullets. Yes. Okay. All right, Brian. Are celluloid pens uh, acrylic pens? Um, <sighs> I'm trying to see if I can like word this in an interview format so that I, I, can, know. I can control what things. Do you can, what do you consider acrylic? Oh like, god! If it, if it 
if it technically if it if it technically has the word acrylic like in the scientific name, then yes, it's acrylic. I think that, but I think acrylic is used as a more common, broader term for yeah. plastic. In in pens, I think acrylic is most often used to describe uh, turned pens for sure. Um, like you know, pens made by independent makers. I would I think it's safe to say that in the fountain pen terminology zone. Anything from Edison or Franklin Christoph or Jonathan Brooks, those are okay. all colloquially known as acrylic pens, right? You would agree with that? I guess so, yeah. Okay. But I hear the word acrylic used very broadly. Yeah. Because people who are talking about like metal pens or wood pens, they use acrylic, you know, just like people, so I'm a woodworker too as well, right? Yeah. So people talk about stain on wood, even if they're just talking about polyurethane or whatever, they, they call everything stain. And it's like, well, stain is a very specific thing. It's like a pigmented color that is, you know, doing that. But people call it just stain, everything. I think it's that way with acrylic sometimes. People call all resins acrylic. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case. It's more narrow than that. So are all acrylics resins? Yeah, I believe so. There you go. Yeah. That's something. I mean, resin is definitely a more general term. There's no, I don't think resin is like a scientific term, but acrylic is like a scientific, a more scientific term. And are both resins and acrylics plastics? Yeah, they all fall under plastics. There you go, okay. I think plastic and resin are much more just like interchangeable. But acrylic refers to like a more specific thing. Okay. Just like plexiglass. Can you give me any- Plexiglass is a type of- I think that uh, actually running through these uh, common and fountain pens, that's helpful stuff. Why don't don't you mention this? So I didn't- so I I didn't go into the deep end of the deep dive. Yeah, yeah, no, I get I it. didn't put on the scuba gear, but we're free diving, maybe snorkeling. Snorkeling, yeah. You know, yeah. No tanks involved, no certifications sure, sure, sure. required here. But it's more. It, we're definitely going underwater. Okay. Okay. So let's let's just head down the yeah. Why don't let's we, head down the path. Why don't you talk about okay, ABS? So so well, I'll start off at the top here. Oh, so no. um, basically, you have two different forms of these like resins that happen in pens. So to just give the broad category, you have injection mold mm-hmm. plastic, and then you have cast resins. So what you referred to already are the cast resins. What, what I think most people are referring to the acrylics. These are the ones like the, the Brooks materials, the diamond casts, right. the, um, like the Edison pens, those materials, those are all cast and then turned one pen at a time. Whereas injection molded, you have basically heated up beads of plastic that are shot into a mold. They cool in the shape of the pen, and they're more like mass produced. So generally speaking- And the, and the mold is two pieces that get sandwiched together mm-hmm. with a little hole at the top that it gets yeah. filled. And that's why injection yeah. molded plastic usually has a little line that needs to get polished out. Yep. And if you have an injection molded pen, you'll usually still see that line around the threads yeah. because you cannot polish- that part of the line out. So some people think that they see that line and it's a crack on most plastics. Right. So it's but if you, you see know. if you see a line and you think it might be a crack, but there's also the exact same line on the other side, it's probably just an injection molding line. Yeah. So this is where it gets you know it gets very technical from here. But generally speaking, when you have pens that are lower in price, you can more or less assume they're going to be injection molded. Right. Because they. It's very expensive to get the equipment and to have the molds and get that set up right. But then once that's done, you can just crank them out and you can just run it, run it, run it, run it, run it. So if you think about like a Lamy Safari, pretty classic example. You, we have the Lamy How It's Made video, which a lot of people have seen. You can see in there, I got footage of the injection molding machine. And you can see it's, it's pumping out like nine Safari parts at a time every like 
10 to 20 seconds. And they have, I don't know, a dozen or two of these machines and it's running like 24 hours a day. So they are just cranking these things out, but it takes like three years to engineer these things to get them up to speed. So a lot of setup on the front end, but you can really mass produce them. So it's for certain styles of pens, it works really great. With the cast resins, they're great for lower volume, high touch. You know, this is what you see on things like Edison, Franklin, Kristoff. You see these cast resins that are more limited in nature. There's a lot more handwork involved, but if you're making small batch kind of stuff, the material is more expensive um, and there's a lot more handwork and there's some limitations in terms of how you can make it. But that's, that's, you can assume that you're going to see that more on some of those like higher end. And they still use molds for these. They're just not like these mass produced molds. Usually they use- No, not really. No. So they're basically casting it into a sheet. Right. Or a a rod sometimes too. Well, they, so they cast into a sheet and they cut it down. They turn it into rods. I think, well, I mean, if you're, okay, so if you're talking like the Brooks materials. Yeah, he makes his own. And yeah, that's like boutique kind of stuff. Yeah. But the 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 more, the like, more like, mass or, or produced like cast Tim, resins. Tim McKenzie and, you know, they, they all. Yeah, I would call those more like craft Craft, okay, so, resins, so they, what they you know, do is they pour their um, resin, you know, raw material, whatever, um, in its liquid state into, uh, into like usually a, silicone a molds. Tube, yeah. Yeah. So they're making those basically like one at a time to be made as pens. Yeah. Um, most of the most of how it's made from like the more, I don't know, universal producers of cast materials. A lot of it's for like the eyewear industry for eyeglass frames and, mm-hmm. and other things like that. Pens, you know, are not the primary industry for for. I, I'm thinking specifically acrylic acetate, um, which is a different material than what's used in like the Brooks and McKenzie stuff. So I'll get into all that in a second. But um, basically, you have cast resins which is more handwork, a little more expensive, some interesting characteristics you get. And then you have injection molded, which is more affordable and uh, more translucent colors you can get. So without getting into the too deep of a dive, I'm just going to break down a little bit the injection molded and the casted and the different resins you get and some examples of each. Not that it matters a whole lot, but it's kind of interesting if you are into pens a lot and you're like, oh, I kind of wondered why it looked that way. Um, So there's a couple different plastics. And again, I'm not like super scientific guy here, nor do I have like all the details from every manufacturer. So I'm going to leave some stuff out. I may be making some educated assumptions here, but I'm at least like hinting at the right path. Um, so one is called uh, ABS plastic, which you've probably heard of. It comes in like these little beads. You melt them down. They're for an injection molding. Um, it's acrylonitrile butadiene styrene and that would be ABS. like a lami safari like you <laughs> that's mentioned lami safari. Yep. yep yep so that's most common for entry-level pens a lot of great properties very chemically resistant scratch resistant great like impact platinum resistance. preppy probably holds up well i don't know what the preppies are made of oh really okay i, I don't know but there's a lot of different types of plastics mm-hmm. out there like a lot and they can be tweaked and they can be you know do you know what the ecos are made out stuff? of I don't, no, but I okay. know the Eco is made out of something slightly different than the Diamond 580. I did know that, yeah. I don't They're know. more sensitive to bleach, I think, right? Uh, yeah. Uh, or alcohol. Am- ammonia. Alcohol. That was yeah, like alcohol. I, d- I know the two alcohol. are different, but I don't know exactly Yeah, the Eco can get which. like freaky, cloudy and stuff if it's exposed it to alcohol. And that's because it's a different type of resin. Yeah. So, um, again, try not to go too, too deep. Um, so, another one, some slightly higher end pens. You're going to see this on a lot. I don't know this for a fact, but I'm my assumption based on what I know is things like some of the sailors and pilots and things where you have like really good translucence. They're very durable, but clearly not cast resins um, is probably 
PMMA, polymethylmethacrylate. I know this is what like the Van Goghs and Rembrandts and stuff like that are made of that have those like swirly things in there. So you can do that. PMMA, it's a more expensive resin than ABS and it's harder to polish. So, um, you know, this is where you'll usually not see injection molding lines on like the body of the pen, but the giveaway that you can always tell if there is an injection molded pen is on the threads because the threads are really hard to polish right. because if you polish the threads too much, you, you polish the threads itself away. So you can almost always tell if you look at your pens and see if you can see that little injection molding line, then it's probably PMMA. Yeah, probably. Um, so again, it's a great material. Like a lot of really high end stuff is made out of PMMA. That's what they make. Like a lot of designer, like jewelry and bracelets and stuff like that's made out of PMMA, but it's more handwork involved that you have to do. It's like, and it takes longer to polish and stuff like that than ABS. So PMMA is used a lot in pens, I think. Um, then you get into um, cellulose butyrate or cellulose acetate butyrate, uh, Noodler's pens, the OG Noodler's pens that have the lovely smells to them. Um, that's actually the butyl acid that is breaking down. Butyl yeah. acid? Yeah. Butyrate, butyric acid. Sorry, I think it's called. Even the words. Um, but it's, it's old so it's, a, it's the same material. It's in like old like screwdriver handles, old like Stanley right. or Craftsman screwdriver handles. They have kind of that, you know, smell to them. It's because of that acid that's in there that's breaking down. So anyway, that's what those are, but it's a more natural, it's a cellulose-based derivative. So it's a more natural kind of biodegradable um, version of plastic, which is cool. Um, there's probably other injection molded plastics out there. But I don't know specifically which ones are which. Some are more brittle. Some are, you know, better at scratch resistance and so on and so forth. So it depends on the purpose of what the pen maker is trying to do, which one they might use. And there's cost things and availability where they are and all that. Now, uh, cast resins. Um, so these are pens like your Edison's, your Franklin Christophs, the Herbert pens that we've done before. The um, I'm trying to think who else has cast stuff. Um, uh, 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 Esterbrook, the Estes. Those are going to be cast. Um, well, not uh, not all of them. Um, um, you, uh, most of them, like the, the Estes, are yeah. Not the not always the Camdens because the Camden no, is like, like a we, metal we, one or something. The Estes. Which um, one are you thinking of? Uh, we've seen uh, like you know the uh, like the cast meaning. Are you talking about like the like the uh, like Beartooth Woods blanks and stuff like that? Yeah, those are cast. Those are cast. Those are cast. Oh, okay. Yeah. Never mind. Yeah, that. those are all those are acrylic acetate. Okay. Gotcha. So those are the types of resins you get. Um, you know, so they make those they make a lot of eyeglass frames and stuff like okay, that sorry. out of those. Those often you you get those in like squares. They're usually cast into sheets mm-hmm. and then they're cut down into squares because they use them in all kinds of industries. Okay. Um and they'll they'll cut them down and then you can like turn them into pens. But basically you're you're starting with a raw material. So it's sort of like if, you, if you're familiar with metalworking, it's like the difference between forging something out of a solid material um, versus uh, injecting it gotcha. or casting it. So forging is, is, a, is a better, better metalworking method, generally speaking, than casting because um, you can have imperfections in the casting. It's kind of the same with injection molding. You get a higher reject rate and stuff like that. So you're, you're casting material and then you're removing material and shaping it into what you want out of something solid versus... An injection molding where you're just making only the end result that you want it to be. So the cast stuff, you've got acrylic acetate, which I think is the most common. And that's what you would see with all the like really, most of the like really swirly stuff aside from like the Rembrandts and Van Goghs and stuff like that. But all the like Edison, like Edison is the most go-to one that I have for this because that's like all they do. Um, all those like intense swirls that you see are all cast materials. Um, then you have urethane resin. 
So urethane resin is, I think, what most of the like diamond cast and the Brooks resins and stuff is made of. Slightly different than the acrylic acetate. So it's um, <laughs> a little softer, a little more impact resistant, harder to polish. Um, and uh, so, but it's better for um, manufacturing in small batches. So acrylic acetate, you really can't, you really can't manufacture that like one at a time. You got to make it in big batches. You got to have some pretty serious equipment to be able to do that. But urethane resin, it's literally like epoxy where you can like mix two parts of it together. It sets up. That's why you see more urethane resins with the more like boutique resin makers. And I've actually made some of this stuff myself, Mm -hmm. like similar type of materials, like what you've seen. Didn't Jonathan put out like a video specifically, like how he does his pours and stuff like that. Yeah. And uh, Fig Boot actually did a, like a, video where he that's right he like interviewed one, him well, he, they did one together they did yeah. some pens together yeah so that i mean that's no major pen maker is doing that I, you know they can't cast one pen at a time that's insane from like a labor standpoint i mean even jonathan brooks's labor is kind of insane yeah as and is. he's like and he's like <laughs> such a teeny tiny little fraction of yeah. the pen world right so like that is very 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 boutique but you get some really cool stuff amazing you can, you can put all kinds of stuff in there um, I don't know what the Banu pens are made out of, but they're cast because all the amount of junk and glitter and stuff that they have in there and oh, the, yeah. the luminous ends that, you absolutely know, like, anything like that, like the Banu pens where it's like got the end that's luminous yeah, and that changes color cast. and all that. It's got to be cast. Yeah. You can't injection mold like that kind of stuff or like glittery chunks. You, you can't injection mold that. But also means like in order <clears> to do that, they have to be making very small rods. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, ha- like most of the rod would be unusable because you need that end. Yeah, I think you have to cast like one of those at a time. I like think. six yeah. inch rods, probably. They have to be pretty tiny. Um, I think it depends on your machinery. Because like think about the the briolets with the pearlesc- yeah. with the luminous bits. Mm-hmm. Like if you have more of than a six inch rod, you're gonna have waste. Well, yeah, you will have waste. So you gotta you usually have to make it longer than that because the machining like equipment yeah. has to have something to hold on to. So I think you need oh, like, right, you course, need at least course, like ten yeah. inch rods to be able to do yeah. that kind of stuff. So, but that is a factor. I mean, for sure, that's a factor in um, you know with different manufacturers that we've worked with, um, like the prices, not only of the raw material, but just what size. Like, say we're we're, we're trying to get like a boutique, you know, um, um, material maker, like a boutique resin pourer. Well, if they only pour like rods that are you know ten inches long or something. And somebody's got some bigger equipment that needs 12 inch or 16 inch rods or whatever, it it becomes more cost prohibitive because Mm -hmm. there's a lot of waste in the, in the process. So these are all things like super, super behind the scene that are probably pretty boring to you, but that make a big difference in terms of who's able to work with which materials and stuff. But, um, so there's that, um, another cast one is cellulose nitrate, the classic, celluloid true celluloid material that is cast and it's cast into sheets then they usually cut it down or they just dry it in the sheets um but it has to cure for forever it's very hazardous very fire uh you know fire risk and that kind of a thing um the only one that i can think right now that we have is the delta 39 plus one that's a limited edition but that is the true celluloid they're pretty much at this point only limited editions that that's made out of but it was a more common resin that was um around from like the early 1900s um, then the last one I had, this one's kind of specific, but Lamy 2000 is made out of polycarbonate, which is its own other type of plastic. Mm-hmm. But I, excuse me, I believe that is cast and then cut out and cut down into. So I don't know exactly how polycarbonate is made, but it's a it's a different type of resin. And I think the Lamy 2000 is like one of the only pens that I can think of. There might be a small. I mean, Ben Walsh like does couple, polycarbonate. Okay, there's like a, okay, so yeah. you can like buy polycarbonate. 
just rods or something and then yeah. like a boutique but as far know, as like a major manufacturer doing it long is the only one that i yeah. can think of that makes polycarbonate you know like at scale yeah but yeah so that's another type of very very durable resin so again all different kinds of looks all different kinds of materials but for me personally <clears throat> to now now you say you said you, you answered your favorite in here i still you you've gone through the whole thing and i don't think you did i must have yeah you, you didn't well, okay, so I didn't. <laughs> I did. Where? Well, okay, right, right here at the top. I didn't. I didn't label it as like these are my favorite things, but that is what it is. Mm, okay. So, okay, I, I, I like the two things for two different reasons. So I like, yeah, yes and no, right? <laughs> it depends. I like the cast resins because they're very unique. They have a lot of color variation. You can get a lot of personality in the pen. They tend to be a more like the boutique style pens, um, but these pens generally tend to be like larger, thicker little bit more limited in terms of their design they're more expensive so there's there's absolutely drawbacks to these pens so like just purely aesthetically i like those resins more yeah but i still have a lot of favorite pens that are that are injection molded yeah you know like certain sailors and and pilots and stuff like that because you can get such a great value of a pen and they can focus on quality of like the nib and other aspects whereas most of the cast resin pens that you get you get really cool materials and then kind of the rest of the parts of the pen are more generic Mm -hmm. you know what i mean so it's like there's a distinct trade-off between the two so i i like both i like having the option of both but you're kind of getting two different things now what about what about these visconti pens like the ones we came out with last year not we but visconti Mm -hmm. um they had those two matching brooks resins like uh, yeah. like the two spacey ones. I forgot their names. There's a red mm-hmm. one and a blue one. Yeah. So there you've got a boutique resin with some yeah. schmancy hardware. Yeah. So that's, that's both worlds, right? That is really cool. But yeah. then they're like super limited. They are. Right. So it's and, like expensive. Really, and expensive. Yeah. So there's the trade off. Right. So, I mean, and, and Visconti is more of a boutique manufacturer. They're not For sure. pumping out these pens, right? Like they're really pretty small in the green scheme of things. So, you know, I think, I think I really like both, but I like them for different reasons. That's my, that's my very long way so of getting to my So all that, you still answer. can't say which one's your favorite. Well, I mean, what are we, it's such an open question. <laughs> what What is the, what am I saying is my, right. like, of I like it for different reasons. Okay, all right, um, all right. Let's say that from all, like, the cast resins and all of the, you know, um, boutique resins. Okay. Which one, which actual material just like, sung, sung to you the loudest? I don't know. I mean. What about all the, Okay. What about your your the past Edison premieres? There's got to be one out there that the resin was just like, oh, oh, I love that. Okay, my favorite premiere was Delphinium. There we go. Okay. Yeah. The right. blue and white and purple. It's very distinct. It perfectly matches like the colors that we chose for our wedding. It was like Rachel's bouquet at our wedding was Delphinium flowers. There's meaning there. And that's like very distinct. But I will say the diamond cast materials are freaking banging. They are. And they look awesome. Mm-hmm. So that first like Franklin Kristoff that we did with the blue and the gray and the black and all that with the diamond cast was pretty spectacular. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I the, can't. Uh, I can't pick just one favorite. Yeah. But, but no, this is this is acceptable. You got real close. I could have saved like fifteen minutes and just said this mm-hmm. at the beginning. Okay. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where the question was going. Drew just throws <laughs> these questions up there, and I'm just like, this left is on all my I own. have to go on. It's just an Instagram I thing. I, I don't need, have more information that I'm hiding from I need, you. I need your artificial boundaries, Drew. <laughs> I'm Clearly. telling you, yes. 
All right. So my answer is obviously, <laughs> the, like Brian said, the Brooks and McKenzie, McKenzie blanks are amazing. There are a lot of other independent makers out there that do some really cool mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Recently, I've been going to pen shows and uh, Brian Weaver of Iron Feather Creative has some okay. really uh, astounding materials as well. He's great. And a good friend of Jonathan Brooks, in fact. Mm. Um, for, we need more Brian's in the pen. <laughs> right. There's a shortage of them. For large scale <laughs> resins, I will say that while I, you know, not getting into my favorite yet, I do prefer the flecked resins to the swirly resins. Really? Yeah. Do you? I'm the total opposite. You like the swirls? I like the swirls oh, all I'll, the way. I like flex. I don't. Yeah. I don't need any more flex. All right. Well, fair enough. Um, so favorite though, this won't come as no surprise to you, but Edison had an ascent in Miami Nights oh, yeah. acrylic. That's a good one. Oh yeah. It like matches your your uh, penscape perfectly. Oh yeah. Yeah. It is the best acrylic. And so that one, you get like an ombre kind of a gradient thing with. Your chunky flexness. Uh, there was striped. Oh, the striped one. Yeah. Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I was thinking of the other colors, but yeah, you're right. Um, no chunk- so that no one, chunkies. No chunkies. No, not on that one. That one didn't last very long because I think that uh, Brian over at Edison had said that the uh, he was- I think the material was inconsistent. Yeah, the material was inconsistent yeah. or like- I don't know, but I got one and I love it. And it is by far my favorite Edison. And the the Ascent stays my my favorite Edison model too. Yeah. See um, that like striped effect, you could not get that on an injection molded pen. No. Like it's impossible. To get anything like that that's like stacked and looks like it has layers and that kind of a thing, you can only get that with cast resin. Yeah. So, so immediately Miami Knight's my favorite acrylic person. All right. So. All right. I dig it. All right. And there, there we have it. We did it. All right. Long and winding road, but we got there. All right, moving on to a much less of a deep dive question. Um, so, um, Msreen asks, Drew, we need a Drew's currently inked segment. Well, I don't know about a segment, but... No, it? not a segment. Well, this will be the That's segment. This, this is be, it. We're segmenting this, this video That's right. right now for this question. Um, currently statement. inked. That's a pretty easy question because it's just three. Um, I have... Always three. Um, so this one is a customized Pilot 912 that I sent away to get some Irushi work done on it. So it's pretty pretty much mine. Uh, this one has Sailor uh, Amamoyoi in it, Amamoyoi. And that is a really nice greenish uh, multi-tonal ink that does well because this has got the FA nib on it. So it's a bit bouncy, gives me some line variation. Um, I have in my pilot stargazer or it's a stella 90s because it was not made in the u.s sadly we don't have these um but in this one i have uh diamine silver fox this one is pretty much empty though so i'm ready to swap these out i just that that, that's a good go-to for white pens i think it's because you can't use a white ink so i like to do grays and silver fox is a really nice gray and then finally i have a pilot here that has uh sailor honeybee in it and that one I like, but it's a little light. I'd mm. like for it to be just a hair darker. It's a little mustardy, um, but uh, and while I like it, I probably won't be going back to it because, in my opinion, it's like why wouldn't I just use Cafe Crema? So uh, that is what I have currently inked up. And to be perfectly honest, I do have more pens inked up, but they are inked up um, for a video that I'm shooting tomorrow. So. They don't count. What about you, Brian? You just have a few inked up, right? I have many pens inked up. How many? I don't. I don't know at the moment. I, I did clean out a whole bunch recently. More than five. More than ten. It's definitely more than five. More than fifteen. Probably. Oh my! 
when it gets more than 10, I sort of lose track. <laughs> and it could be 10, it could be 40. Oh, and I, wouldn't, I wouldn't know the difference. How many places do you have your inked up pens right now? How many oh different? Oh my gosh. That's the problem is I don't have one central place. Oh God. If y'all understood how disorganized I was in my everyday life, <laughs> you would be shocked. Maybe you wouldn't be shocked. I don't know. I do probably give across, come across that way. Um, so the three, I, I just picked like the three that I've used most recently. Perfect. Um, so I just went on my trip and I had my 580 ALR Prussian blue with uh, butterfly nebula. Right. Which I'm just loving. Yep. Good show off ink. Good one. Yep. I have a Lamy 2000 with Sailor uh, Hinoki. I think Ooh, it is. That's nice. A, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's a good one. That one came out right around the same time as the Amamoyoi. Yeah, yeah, and that's why I wanted to use it. Yeah. It was like, yeah, I've got, I think I've got all four of those that came out at like the same time. Okay, like, Fuji. Yeah, I was like, I'm gonna use, uh, and that one was a little bit of like a, you know what? I wouldn't grab this one. Yeah, right off the bat, but I'm gonna, stepping outside your comfort I'm, zone. I was a little like, bit. I'm gonna take one of these four, right. and I'm gonna grab that one. So nice. I've been using that one, um, and then I have a 580 ALR in navy that I have inked. I think I have it inked with um, Sailor Konagi. Look at you with your sailors. I believe it's Konagi. Being completely honest, I don't remember mm. because I tend to pick blues that all look the same. And then I forget which one I put in there because I ink up too many pens at a time. But then I just keep using it. I'm like, oh, this is really good. Usually if I, you know, whatever. As long as it makes know. you happy when it's on the paper, that is what matters. I've tried so many. Knowing s- the name of it is just not as big of a deal, I suppose, unless you want to do it again, in which case you're kind of up a creek. But Unless it's like your job to know and people ask you which they do all the time. And then I'm like, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, that is literally I've tried, happening I've tried writing right it now. down. I've tried, you know, but then I, I don't have everything in the same place. And yeah, oh, I'm, still, I, I'm still getting, I'm still getting back from the whole COVID I get you. No, you, thing. you, yeah. you exist as a consistent cautionary tale for me, which is why I limit myself. So I, I appreciate I'm your a, I'm a wanton disregard for, uh, I'm a walking, you know, order. And- I'm a walking cautionary tale. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Everybody watch out. You don't want to be like me. All right. Uh, um, okay. I think we got one more, right? Yeah, we've got one more. Um, oh, boy. And we'll try not to make this one a second deep dive. Oh, my gosh. Um, okay. S. Shang 31 okay. asks the very simple question, <laughs> how did fountain pen impact or change your life? Oh, yeah. It should be a real easy one for me. Not at all, really. <laughs> what? All right. I'm going to try to stick to my bullet points here okay. and not expound too much because I've definitely talked about this like oh, at sure. length over sure. and over again. Um, so... Uh, Drew gave me parameters here. He says, perhaps an answer less to do with the business since that goes without saying. Which, so, which you kind of ignored, I'm seeing. Well, so here's the thing. Like, <laughs> my life is the business. But what about like actually, degree. what about the use of fountain pens? I use it in the business, in my <laughs> business life. It's really hard to separate. Okay, all right. That's fine. Yeah, that's like asking you to say like, oh, well, what about like the water in your body, but not your actual body? And you're like, <laughs> my body is mostly water. What? Like, how can I separate out the two? <laughs> oh, my God. Like All right, man. You, how much would your body weigh without the water? And uh, you're like, I don't know. I've never had not water in my body. Just, all right, go, go. Oh, it's do, a terrible metaphor. Do all your right, thing. Do I'm your just thing. Go blood. So oh um, I don't know how it could be much more impactful, quite honestly. For sure. It's pretty much taken over my whole life in a good way. Um, it's both me and my wife's entire career mm-hmm. and has been for 13 plus years now. Um, and hopefully many, many, many more. Um, it's also been a hobby that's fueled other hobbies that I've gotten into. So things like video, photography, social media, kind of influencing marketing type stuff. I don't know that I would have gotten into all this stuff had I gone into, you know, I mean, okay, like the social media stuff is 
pretty ever present in most things. And yeah, you'd said before that you might have done more social media as like a, a pen maker. Yeah, if you had gone yeah. down that right, if you if you wouldn't but, have gone down the retail route, and you would yeah. Have but even like, even assuming like <clears throat> I didn't get into the pen thing at all, you know, like okay. my my degree was in property management and like real estate. So if I had in an alternate timeline gone down that path, I never would have discovered fountain pens because it wasn't until I gave up that you know whole track and pursued the power washing, carpet cleaning, pen making thing like one does. Um, you know, that I, I would never even discover it in the first place. But, you know, I, I, it's possible. I could have discovered some of these other things. You know, obviously in real estate, there's photography and social media and stuff as well. So maybe I would have still gotten into it, but I don't know. Definitely not like I have, you know. So, um, and and even that stuff, like the, the photo thing, photography and all that kind of stuff, like definitely I got deep into that through having to shoot products for the business. And that's carried into, you know, pictures of my family and lots of video stuff, video projects for fun. Lots of videos. Drone, you know, all this kind of stuff that I do purely for fun. So that's a hobby that I genuinely enjoy because, I mean, if you're, look, it's not that far removed, right? If you're really into fountain pens, getting into like tech gear is like this far away. Yeah. Like you take one step over and you're like, yeah, right here. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, most of my social construct, social workers, not social workers, co-workers like this guy um business contacts just friends that i've gained in the industry folks like jake weidman you know and and stuff like that that i never would have met if not for this business that are now just like genuinely like personal friends um would never have happened without fountain pens um and then just the multitude of people in the pen community that i've met and just had the fortune of keeping in touch with It's, it's been enriched my life way more than it would have if i was relied on for my own social like going out and meeting people which i never do outside of this business unless it's like the parents of my kids friends you know um deeper understanding and just appreciation of manufacturing like materials history various cultures around the world i've gotten to travel internationally yeah i don't know how i would have done that's that a huge deal have we not been in this business like that would never have been a practicality there yeah. so that has really just opened up my eyes quite a bit. Um, and, uh, you know, looking up different types of injection molded and casted resins. I never would have done that probably without the pen world. Um, so basically, it's just added a depth and a richness to my life that I could literally just have not possibly conceived in any one of these facets, let alone all of them. And I just uh, consider myself to be one of the most fortunate people in the world to be doing what I'm doing. So cheers to that. Drop the mic. Well said. Well so, said. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, it's obviously like mostly business related, but like this business ha- is basically my life. It is. In in a healthy way, like I think. Most often. Know, yeah, most of the time. <laughs> I do woodworking and I do other things too. Yes, I, I will say you, you, you probably dedicate more time than you have to to the business, but you also have developed a really effective way of um, managing, like, you know, you, you, you exercise your downtime just as well as you mm. exercise your dedication to the business. I will say okay. when you when yeah. you have free time We've gotten better about it. When you have free time, you usually really capitalize on that free time. Uh, do it intentionally. Yeah, you yeah. do it you do that really well. Better than you used to. Like Thank s- you. since since you got your work your wood shop and stuff like that, yeah. like you now have a good avenue like therapy helps. Yeah, when you're not when you're not when you're not working, <laughs> you're doing something so, full blast. So along those lines just cuz I have kind of a unique perspective on that. Like I do genuinely enjoy using fountain pens and all that kind of stuff. But one of the big challenges I have with using it personally, but not for the business, I can't 
really separate the two. Oh, I know. You know, so it's like, <laughs> I really like to just kind of like use pens and play with them and stuff like that. But when I'm doing that in my downtime, so to speak, which I work a lot. So in my downtime, it's really still work. Like it's firing all the same synapses. Yeah. I'm thinking about like, oh, maybe we should make a video. I'm basically on working when I'm doing that. So I love that. But kind of what Drew just alluded to, like I do have to be very intentional with my schedule and the kids and the whole light, you know, crazy life thing. I do have to be intentional about my downtime. So recently in the last couple of years, my downtime, which is my purely personal stuff, I've been more intentional about severing that completely from pens because <clears throat> I, that is, that is my work. That is everything. So, you know, it's not unlike somebody who's like an actor or whatever and, or a musician. It's like when they do downtime, they may choose to do something completely different just because otherwise it would feel like work all the time. Yeah, that makes and total you, sense. And then you risk burnout. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. I want to be around it for the long haul. I want to run a marathon, not a sprint. And, um, you know, 13 years in, I'm still loving it. So Yeah, as long as you're not hating it, that's a win. Yeah. And you're definitely not. Some parts are more fun than others, but... <laughs> I don't like the fact the, you looked at me when you said that. No, 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 no. I was thinking about like... No, I feel attacked. We're done. No, literally there's like... I have like three insurance policies that I need to like review right now. Yeah. Like getting an email from my insurance agent because we have to renew this stuff every year, like cyber liability insurance for like ransomware attacks and stuff like that. And it's like, Oh, okay. That's increased by six grand next year to renew that policy. It's like, Oh, that's awesome. So I get to pay a whole lot more and I have to think about getting ransomware attacked. And all I hear about this. Like the insurance agent just emails me. It's like, Oh, here's a, just take a look at this policy. Open up the policy. It's 57 pages. Oh, just glance at that real quick. Yeah, just glance at that real quick. And by the mm-hmm. way, here's three other forms you need to fill out before we can get the quote that's due in three weeks. And I'm like, oh. So that kind of stuff is not as fun. No, that upsets me. This is the this is the glories of the business ownership oh God, no, aspect no, of it. No, no, no. I don't want it's any like, of that. I don't want any of that. Rachel's great, but like when it comes to insurance stuff, she, that's one of the things that she's just like, nope. Really? She's like, no, nah, I can't handle it. So oh, I'm like, no. I like bounce it off of her, but I got to like read all that. And she's like, well, you're, she's like, you did contract review stuff and oh. like real estate. And I'm like, I did, but insurance is not fun. It's just not fun. Oh, but man. you just got to do it. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like anything else. Like no one else ins- is it's like health it. insurance and all this other yeah. stuff. Like nobody enjoys doing this stuff, but like, yeah. You need it to function. So, yeah. well, thank you for doing anyway, that. Anyway, you're welcome. It. You're very welcome. <laughs> I have insurance because of that. Thank it's you. Su- insurance sucks, right? Yeah. Like you're buying it, hoping that you never have to use it. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm going to review this whole thing, spend all this time, spend all this money, hoping that I waste it. Like I don't, I don't hope that I have to use it yeah. because then like it's a fire just even more pain. Like I don't know, I don't know what to hope. You just kind of trudge through it. Yeah. But anyway, so when I do actually get to play with pens and do stuff like this, it's. Way by far more fun. So then, yeah, when I need my downtime, I need my downtime. For sure. Anyway, go ahead. I'll shut up. You go ahead. <laughs> so uh, as I went a different route, I'm just going to talk about the actual use of fountain pens and how they've changed my life. Uh, one- Drew, Drew has more of an actual personal life than I do. So <laughs> I'm glad he's answering Well, this. Now, to be fair, though, I do most of my writing here. Um, okay. And uh, I hardly do any writing at home. At home, I'm pretty much... You know, like that. I mean, we we talk about fountain pens eight hours a day. Like you're you're in a similar boat to me. It like, is. It, it is, is your job. So yeah. at at home, I I don't I have you know I bring my my bag with me, so I have my three pens with me yeah, wherever yeah. I go. But I don't do a lot of writing at home. At home, you know, I play with the dogs, play with the kid, mm-hmm. you know, watch TV with my wife, play video games, go to bed as well. You should. Um, so, but I do a lot of writing here every day. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, one big way it's impacted me is to remind myself to be mindful of the present. Mm-hmm. Fountain pens differ 
from you know more current writing instruments in that they do kind of force you to be in the moment like you don't just haphazardly write without looking like you can take a ballpoint pen and you know do whatever you want like blindfolded left-handed whatever and just scribble and it's going to work you try to take a fountain pen and just like shake it around on a page it's going to you're going to destroy your pen you're going to damage your paper it's not going to write so you need to be mindful you need to actually write intentionally you need to take your time be in the moment write with purpose Hmm. and taking something that is that that doesn't need purpose like Hmm. writing you don't need to pay attention to it you don't have to but using a fountain pen you are choosing to um, helps remind me to take that moment in all aspects of life. If I walk outside at five o'clock when I leave and stand at the top of the concrete steps and just breathe in whatever weather happens to be going on that day, mm-hmm. I'm just pausing in the moment, taking it in, moving on, and, you know, and taking those breaks in life because the older mm-hmm. I get, the more I realize that you don't need to always be rushing from thing to thing. And you can mm-hmm. just take a break, be in the moment, enjoy life in that instance, you know, and the more you do that, the more you just take your time to absorb everything around you, the more you'll just appreciate what you have and mm-hmm. what is around you. So I've found that to be tremendously helpful. Um, community and connection is my next one. Like Brian mm-hmm. said, the people within the fountain pen community yeah. is huge. Um, and I, I wrote down, cause I wanted to say this specifically during a frankly divisive several years with <laughs> COVID and political landscape and everything to like that, yeah. um, fountain pens remind me that we can still unite around something that we love. Mm. The internet makes me think that we only like to unite to complain about things. Uh, but, uh, my pen friends keep me grounded and optimistic. And that's yeah. absolutely true because if you pay any attention to the internet, most of what you'll see people rallying behind is rallying against things Hmm. and sometimes rallying against things is good and needs to happen um for Mm -hmm. change to occur however it does get exhausting after a while to see this unification only happening to defy or to be Mm -hmm. against or to be anti and when you are a part of something when you're a part of a community Mm -hmm. that exists just to enjoy and to love and to be passionate about a hobby or something that just brings joy i cannot express to you i mean you all feel it like you wouldn't be watching this at this far into the into the show if you didn't know exactly what i'm talking about right now Mm. you know and it is invaluable it is something special and when you find it you don't want to let it go and you want to protect it because it is really precious and it gets more special every day because Mm -hmm. of just the way the world is going so Mm. Yeah, fountain pens have massively impacted how my mental health has been mm. over the last couple of years, for sure. That's great. And and in this regards, community and connection, I'm not talking about fountain pens. I'm talking about you. The people. Like 100%. And that was like, to me, that was like the biggest draw when I first started getting into fountain pens. Like the fountain pens are cool and technical and all that stuff, but it was the community around it and yeah. the passion that people have around it. And I was like, this is special. Like, when this someone is a special place. takes the time out of their day to just say, hey, great pen cast, Brian and Drew. I'm, I don't need you to do it. I really don't. But when you when they do, I'm like, that person was doing the whole internet thing mile a minute. And they said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take a break. I'm going to pause to say something nice to these people who I've, who I've never met. It's amazing. Like, I don't do that all the time. I try to do it more, but that's time. And taking the break and saying, you know what? I'm just going to, just going to give some love. I'm going to put some kindness out there. Awesome. Like the world needs more of that. And you guys yeah. put a lot of it out there. So keep on just being you guys because you're wonderful. Yeah. 
Um, and then finally, understanding the value of a hobby. I've mm. always been, you know, a nerd, like, and always deep dove into hobbies, whether I was collecting action figures as a kid, then mm. moved on to comic books, you know, pens, coins, rocks, mm. old video games, whatever. Um, I, I get that. But um, in working in the customer care department here um, and really connecting with members of the fountain pen community in so far as understanding the gravity that a hobby can kind of possess mm. really opened my eyes to any hobby I ever see in the world, whether it's cosplaying or, you know, poker tournaments or anything. Whereas before I got into fountain pens, I might've seen a hobby that I, that I didn't quite understand. Mm. I'd be like, Oh, that's weird. They're super into that. Now I would never say that because not only do I understand like how meaningful one can be and how somebody can find way more than mm -hmm. just the hobby itself in a hobby. Like it's not just about the doing of the thing. Like cosplay, for example, it's not just about, look, I dressed up. Look, there's so many more layers in it than yeah. that. Um, it's helped me to understand all the layers behind that surface hobby. Mm -hmm. And no matter how surface level I might not understand a given hobby. Mm. I know now that I will never judge a hobby just based on what I see on the surface yeah. ever again. Because you, you, you know that you need to understand it better to truly get it. But you know that like the, there's an underlying substance there that's like a commonality between everybody who's got that like deep passion or deep interest around it. Whatever it is, whether it's a collectible thing or whether it's a community thing. Like I think we have, well, honestly, we have both aspects of that in the fountain pen community. But like, I feel the same way that you do. It's like, I've had hobbies of mine in the past where I've been a, a hobby in a bubble, you know, where it's like, I had my own interests and I would research stuff or collect things, but I knew no one else who was into it or whatever. Or maybe I was like an observer of that community, but I wasn't plugged in in any way. But the pen community is like, oh, there's like other people I can connect to. And they're all like, you get to know the people better. And you're like, oh, I kind of get it now. Like you, you connect with the people more. And that adds a layer of richness to it that I never saw before, the pen no. community. And also in working with customers, you realize that at any given moment, a hobby can be so powerful that it does act as a bit of a crutch during life's more difficult moments. People use fountain pens or other hobbies to get over the loss of a loved one mm -hmm. or you know, even just a separation of a loved one mm -hmm. or any other number of life's you know, slam bams and whacks that we've been having thrown at us over the last couple of years. Yeah. And at any given time, someone might not have a lot that they can rely on except for mm -hmm. this hobby. At a given time, uh, let's say fountain pens might be taking up 20% of this person's, you know, little world. But as life happens, that hobby might actually end up being 80% of what that person is relying on. And if you're a person where your hobby is only taking up 5%, great, more power to you. But you got to respect and understand how important a hobby is because sometimes it does need to take up 80% and that's your lifeline. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps you going. Mm -hmm. And without fountain pens, I would never truly understand that. Yeah. So big that's deal, true. a lot of empathy being built over just the years of wrapping my head around hobbies and passions and yeah. all because of fountain pens. Yeah. And I think like me personally, like you and I both work in this. So it's like, we don't have the same, I don't know, reprieve from like the daily work stresses and just life stresses in this hobby. So we're in kind of a unique perspective there, but I think we both fully understand that's what this is for a lot of people in the pen community. 
You know, like most people have just all kinds of stuff going on in their work life or family life or health issues yeah. or all kinds well, of stuff. Because we have other hobbies that we that we oh, that sure. are our crutches and our lifelines. Absolutely. For sure. So yeah. we get it. Yeah. Crutch has a bad connotation to it. So when you say crutch, I think of like something that's not a healthy thing, but I view oh, it as crutches more are like very a, healthy. Crutches are doctor prescribed usually. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that I don't yeah, think negatively at all. Like, all right, sometimes enough. you need crutches to get over an injury. There you go. Yeah. You but know, I, I think like I you know, I I view it as like what do you call it? Like escaping or call it, you know, therapeutic or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's such an, a common thing that I hear from folks who are into pens. It's like, whether it's dealing with anxiety, whether it's helping think through something more intensely or more intently, you know, they're using fountain pens for very specific reasons in their life. And, um, I don't know. I just really appreciate that. So we are also using it for specific reasons, but it's less to like escape from our work. Cause this is our work. Right. But, that I love that we can do that and serve that to be that for people like that to me is one of the coolest things about being in like a really niche hobby like this is that we get to be that for people like we get to be that thing that they want to escape to I don't know that's just really cool so and you can escape for two hours today mm-hmm. really, so, there you go great for that there you go all right, that's all we got for the Q&As. Uh, Drew, I've got a hypothetical for you. Oh, please tell me this. And I actually hid it in the document here. I know, I don't see anything. This is Brian's choice. I made it white text. It's, <gasps> right, it's right here. It's, it's in there? Hiding in plain <gasps> sight. Look at that. I'm sneaky. I'm sneaky. I was like, oh, I don't want to. Oh, man. I didn't want Drew to have a heads up on it. So mm. I put it in the document, made the text white. It just looks like nothing's there. Mm. All right, Drew, I came up with this on my oh, own. I found my nubbin. I found some, <laughs> I found some inspiration. From, I guess there's like a Reddit, uh, subreddit for hypothetical questions. Oh, gracious. Which gets all over the place. There's a lot of not safe for work topics in there. That's Reddit. Um, and I didn't pull this from Reddit, but I took inspiration from parts of it. So all right. sparked ideas. All right. Drew, which of the following pen related gifts would you choose if you could? And y'all can answer at home as well. Would you choose the gift of incredible artwork, being able to produce drawing, sketching, that kind of stuff? So these are all gifts of like skill. Okay. Not physical. Like gifts. a magic pen that would let me just be a super cool artist. No, just like you as a gift. Oh. They're, all, they're, all, they're all sort of pen related. Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. So you have the gift of being able to produce incredible artwork, just limitless, whatever you can dream up. Mm-hmm. Drawing, sketching, that type of stuff. Mixed media, whatever. Would you have the gift, choose a gift of incomparable prose? So the use of language, storytelling, poetry, just really, really good word usage. Just like that. Mm-hmm. Just like that. Would you choose to have flawless penmanship and just really good calligraphy and whatever types that you want? Or the technical abilities for pen repair and nib work. So the ability to like fix and repair and tweak and tune pens to just you just like matrix style download any of these skills or abilities which out of these would you choose for yourself um one of the first two for sure so either mm. um art or um uh, what was language what, storytelling yeah poetry, so prose. The, the the prose would be like okay you could make your living as, as an author um so sure. that's nice yeah that would be great mm-hmm. um but also you'd still have to write like a lot. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to have to write for a living. I don't want that. Mm. All my life, I have loved drawing. I've mm. never been amazing at it, 
but I've been able to do it well enough to still have fun with it. But yeah. I, I don't really know how to draw different positions. Like mm. I can't draw perspective. So I couldn't draw like a guy's hand coming out and going back, you know, mm. I could draw a guy standing there, you know, but I still like to do that a lot. So I would definitely have to say drawing and sketching mm. because I would just, I, I have so much in my head that I can't that like what's, you know, in my head, I don't possess the abilities to actually get that on paper. Um, mm-hmm. So that would give me that. So okay. I think that that would be a ton of fun. And mm. uh, you could do it as much as you want. You could, you know, if you wanted to do some digital art and create some stuff uh, and just put it up on Etsy or something, you can. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, like with writing, it. Uh, you kind of have to go all in on it, I, I guess. Eh, maybe you don't. Either way. Drawing, definitely drawing and sketching. Okay, that makes sense because yeah. that's what you feel like was no pun intended. That's what you've been drawn to the most in your own just like usage, your own yeah. skill set. And I love, I love comic books. I grew up on <laughs> you know superhero comics, and so that that's mm. definitely close to me. I could you know rattle off the name of a lot of my favorite comic artists. So mm-hmm. uh, I very much believe in that, and I love the old uh, hand drawn animation. Uh, you know the, the older Disney movies, especially. I've been becoming more attached to some of the most recent Disney 2D animated movies and mm. finding new appreciations for that, new appreciation for that, like Tarzan, Treasure Planet, Atlantis, and Princess and the Frog, the, mm-hmm. the kind of more recent ones right before they kind of just made the transition to 3D. Yeah. The more you go back and look, the more incredible that is like at the peak of 2d hand-drawn animation and also like 80s animation you go look at some old thundercats episode like or even the early 90s anime like oh my god some of that is so gorgeous and like drawn frame by frame yeah like like what every frame yeah every frame is a amazing piece of art so yeah incredible what about you this is a tough one i didn't have like a clear answer for myself really when i I you drafted this up yeah no Uh, oh Okay. Ah, you didn't catch uh, that. Of course, you didn't have a clear answer. You never have a clear answer. What I'm saying is, I didn't have a bias towards it when I put it together. Okay. Um, I was thinking of like what pen related like categories would be interesting. What you got? I don't know. The drawing thing, I've never really been able to draw that well. So, like, I think it'd be cool, but I don't have like a good perspective on what it would be like to draw easily. I think it would be helpful in many ways. Mm-hmm. And it'd be like, it's fun. Like, drawing is a lot of fun. Yeah. I don't know that I would like. It's probably the most fun of all of these. It depends. I don't know. It depends. For you, yeah, because that's what you picked. Um, I don't know. The language thing, language is really powerful. And I'm actually kind of leaning towards that one. I mean, I like the pen repair. It's stuff. powerful if you can get people to read it. Yeah, but I mean, assuming that you, like, like basically the control of language. Just like, you know, well, I mean, same with drawing. Like, assuming people give a crap about what you draw. Right, but, you know. If you could be the best author in the world, but you're only as good as people pay attention to. But drawing, it's sure, going to be, sure. you're going to be, it's going to be fun even if you're the only one that sees it. Yeah. But I think about like who have been some of the most like impactful people over history. It's been incredible storytellers. Oh yeah. And like, I I love leadership and I love that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like so no like, doubt. Like you look at how many, like Stephen King probably comes to mind as like the most, uh, not judicious. What am I thinking of? Like, uh, is his, his output like mm. insane output yeah and like he just produces good thing after good thing after good thing and some of them are excellent some of them are eh, pretty good but mm. they're they're never terrible sure like he just can churn them out like that's yeah. a crazy skill to have 
Yeah, absolutely. I'm not even thinking like in terms of like an author, like writing books or something, but even just like the use of language. Oh, right? I see. I see. So we're like, not just talking about like. No, not just in the context of like, you know, a traditional like day, you know, daytime job. But writing though, thing. like prose, like written word, right? Sure. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, I mean, what, could, what you, could be typing. What, I mean, what, what, what would you fashion. use that for? Um, I mean, you know me, I have a hard time being concise mm -hmm. and I have a lot of good things to say and I have a lot of ideas, but like narrowing them down mm -hmm. and getting them to come across as it's forming in my head is more of a challenge than it probably seems. That's not unlike my thing with my yeah. drawing. It's like I have some stuff yeah. in here, mm -hmm. but I don't possess the skills right. necessary, necessary to kind of yeah. uh, distill them into something mm -hmm on a page yeah like I, I have to put in way more work than yeah. people probably think yeah to get like the words to come across like i totally I understand that's so, a good one yeah so that that's what i'm kind of leaning to i mean the pen repair and the stuff like i love doing that but also it's like it takes a lot of time and i wouldn't uh you know I wouldn't and after you repaired all after you repaired all of your pens what are you gonna do like you're not gonna start just doing it on the side right like that leads you down the path of right yeah you don't have time for that living yeah uh, the penmanship would be cool, but again, I have no, I have no, I've totally plateaued on penmanship, and that takes a lot of time too. So, I mean, that would be kind of cool because you could just like skip all the practice time that's needed, and you could just write awesome. That would be kind of cool as well. But then also, like, I know people would ask, like, oh, how do I write like that or whatever, and I'd be like, I don't know, I don't just, know, I can just do it. Like, I, so that would not be somebody so, granted me a wish, you know. But the language thing, I think I would choose the language. I would choose prose. Nice, even just like poetry, like expressing emotions mm -hmm. is so difficult through language so difficult you know especially my brain works really fast and i don't often like have the ability to articulate exactly what's going on yeah but if i could whew, that would be that'd be cool yeah so anyway cool good one yeah well fun hypothetical so what would y'all choose we'd like to know too let us know in the comments which of these four skills would you choose for yourself all right that's what we got for that the special stuff now Turkey hammock time. Drew, what is happening? Uh, kind of a lot has been happening with yeah. me. Got a dog over the weekend. Another one. Well, yeah. So I told you. So last, you followed through. Followed this, through. Uh, okay. We welcomed Hank into Hank. the home. Hank. What a oh, just he, dude dog he's name. A, he, is a, he is a Hank. He looks like a Hank. He's like 36 <laughs> pounds, 37 pounds. Like he's, a corgi? He, he's a hefty boy. He's a yeah. chunker. He is, and he doesn't. I don't. I don't think he's overweight. Uh, Shannon's taking him to the vet today because he does have a, an eye issue. Um, they said that we mm. have to give him daily eye drops because he's got like basically a kind of a failing tear duct in one eye that doesn't lubricate his eyes. So we have to mm. drop, drop. But we're seeing. We're going to see if there's anything else that can be done about that. Okay. Um, but anyway, no, he is great. He's got such a, such the sweetest temperament. He's yeah. not a. He doesn't bite or lick. He's just like, just pet me. Pet my belly, pet my head. Now, I want to. I want to be next to you all the time. All your other dogs you've gotten like from puppies, right? Yeah. So you got to like skip that whole puppy. Yes. Stage. Which I'm all about because we still have a puppy. He's seven months old, so I mean okay. he's still very much behaving how, like a puppy. How long are they considered like puppies? I think up until a year. A year. Yeah. Maybe it depends. On, does it depend on the breed? I don't is it think kinda, so. I think it's no, pretty pretty constant. Okay. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so I'm very happy to skip that step. But he has been delightful. He just is he's kind of lazy uh just yeah uh, well he's been he's been working hard up to this point so. he's totally chill <laughs> yeah 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 he's not doing the breeding thing anymore so we do have to get him fixed because that was in the contract the breeder said you know 
you oh, will. so you can't like take them and right start breeding right. with them. Yeah, that that yeah, you sign a contract and all that. So okay. yeah, he won't be doing that anymore. All right. Um, but he's just been fantastic. Uh, he's been getting along well with the other dogs. Uh, our older dog Dinah, she's eleven. She doesn't want him anywhere near her. But then again, she's been like that with the puppy too. So no surprise there. Okay. Uh, but other than that, he's he's been good. Stays in his crate overnight. No crying. None of that. Just now, does it change the dynamic? Like. When you get a certain number of dogs, don't you get like the whole pack thing with like the alpha dog? I, I mean, not not in the first week. Uh, I, I don't know. Okay. Um, I I know enough about this to be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure like, there's something to that, but I can't remember if it's like three or four or five. I think it's three. I think I think three. three. It's three. Yeah, I mean, three is a group, right? Yeah, but uh, no, I bite them off enough to assert myself as the alpha. You know, oh, okay, that's you good. Know, that's just, healthy. Yeah, yeah, just you know, and you know, biting. Shannon and Archer as well. Just go around biting everybody in the house. Oh, okay. Every mammal that's that I can find. One approach. Yeah. yeah so sure. okay. so far so good. Um, you know, a lot of hair in the mouth, but other than that, it's good. Um, but no, he's been perfect. Couldn't have asked for uh, you know, wow, better temperamented. How was dog. the drive to go get him? Oh god, the was... drive was awful. Because you know, we had that hurricane that was coming up the yeah. east coast. Thankfully, it wasn't a hurricane by the time it got up to No, us. but it was a lot of rain. So it was basically eleven hours in the rain oh, on Saturday. Gosh. Uh, I <laughs> had, I had, you know, my 30 disc set of Game of Thrones CDs. Yeah. So I listened to that. Still didn't plot, finish. Plot through a few of those. Still didn't finish. But yeah, so wow. making my way through that. But it was a pretty miserable drive. Mm. But he was fine in the car. Didn't whine yeah. or anything. I stopped by Starbucks on the way back and got a little cup of, um, if you ask Starbucks for a puppuccino, they'll give you a little cup with uh, whipped cream in it. Um, oh. So I did give him one of those in the back. So just to okay. kind of like make him like me. So all right, it worked. Nice. So uh, Hank after, has been after Hank, you bit him in the car to assert your dominance. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course. Yeah, but Hank has been Hank has been great. Wow. All right. Um, wow. Three dogs. All right. Yeah, and well, if you if you have one dog, that's kind of easy. Two dogs, you're it's inconvenient now. But three dogs is like just as inconvenient as two. <laughs> yeah. So this is like more. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. This is kind of like one kid. One kid you can take kind of anywhere. Two kids is like, ah, uh, bringing the kids. Yeah. It's it's a little bit different. Yeah. So it's no more inconvenient than having two so far. Okay. Uh, so got upset on Sunday morning because I went to IHOP. Oh. And they did not have any corned beef hash. Like discontinued. No corned beef hash. What? Yeah. Really? Also, Bojangles discontinued their Bose special sauce, Brian. So I'm just... Having a hard time with life right now. If Waffle House takes away the All Star Special, I don't know what you're gonna do. I'm mm, done with life. Done with life. <laughs> so we went to IHOP. Archer got a spooky face pancake that came with candy corn and some Oreo minis. He said he wanted to go to a place with a wacky pancake. I'm like, well, I know IHOP. IHOP's got to have something wacky. Yeah. So we we did that. It was early enough that we got there before church people started showing up. So um, okay. didn't have to wait because usually the IHOP's just a huge line. Oh yeah, you got to like, if you're going on a Sunday, you got to time it. Yeah, so we we went early. It was like you know nine 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 a.m. something like that. But, okay, yeah, yeah. So we did that. That was nice. Um, so sun Saturday, my day was gone. Saturday was basically all day. You were driving. Driving. Yeah. So Sunday afternoon. Um, my wife went to uh, Costco to just like where our membership has expired oh. and we don't want to buy another one yet because it's like 50 bucks, 50, 60 bucks for membership. Okay. So she met a friend there and used his membership. <laughs> oh boy. Uh, met my friend and, and my uh, my brother, Zach. They were all going to use the same guy's membership thing. Oh my God. So she went there to pick up toilet paper, dishwasher detergent, all the things we buy in bulk, you know. 
And she's like, do you want to come? I was like, no. No, to, I don't. To join this like train? I do at, not. At I don't want to go to a Costco even with just you, honey. I love you, but no. Um, so I stayed home. She went, I put the dogs in the crates and sat. I moved the love sack to the middle of the den right in front of the TV. Okay. Like sat in the fluff Archer was upstairs reading or something. And I just uh-huh. sat there and watched four episodes of the new star Wars series and or, okay. And just good? absorbed. I like, it was, I could feel my introvert energy meter. Nice. Like, Oh my God. I just thinking about it brings me joy. Yeah. It is a good show. It is a very good show. Okay. It's, it's, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard, but star Wars has a movie called rogue one. Yes. Um, it's a very, like low power Star Wars movie, no Jedi's or anything. Okay. Um, more or less, just like a like. All right, here's the mission. Here's the thing. Let's do this. And uh, yeah, it's got stormtroopers and blasters and stuff. But yeah, it's mostly pretty downplayed. And gotcha. It's pretty universally appreciated because it didn't have like Han Solo or Luke Skywalker in there. So yeah. people aren't like, ah, oh, he shouldn't look like that this time. You know. So it was kind yeah. of a little bit of a blank slate. So this is kind of the events leading up to that. Okay. So still very much a blank slate that you can't really, you know, no one has a lot of preconceived notions about everything. Gotcha. So that it's, you know. A more freedom. In yeah, a lot of freedom. Like and yeah. also the set is really high quality. So it looks hmm. like movie quality. So it okay. was a very, very good show so far. So cool. okay. excited to see more of that. And then last night, we had finished Barry on HBO, um, that series with, um, okay. uh, oh, God, that guy that does all the impressions, um, Bill Hader. No, Hader. He yeah. does a lot of Bill Hader, yeah. yeah. So okay. he's the main character. Finished ba- oh, Barry. Cool. Didn't have anything to watch, so we figured we'd watch that um, Elvis biopic um, with okay. Tom Hanks playing the colonel and everything like that. Okay. We had heard it was pretty good. I don't have HBO, so um uh I think I, this isn't an, an this isn't an HBO, HBO thing? thing. Barry was Elvis okay. was just a movie, oh, okay. but I don't remember where we found it streaming. But we did find it streaming and uh, watched about a quarter of it and stopped. And I never really? stop movies. I never stop. You're movies. like kind of an Elvis fan, like you can appreciate. I like him more than I do the Beatles. Okay, um, but uh, it was just the editing was just everywhere, just fast. Like it felt like I was watching a flashback sequence mm-hmm. but for an hour oh boy like just a lot of like quick transitions and like oh here's the date and then it zoomed in and then spin and go and like all of just wow crazy transitions flashes quick camera movements and i'm like when is this going to end when am i going to see like the actual movie mm. and it just didn't happen oh gosh and so we were just like exhausted and then uh, she got up to just, you know, get a snack or something like that. And I was like, we don't have to keep doing this if you don't want to. And she's mm. like, I really kind of don't. I'm like, that's eh, fine. It's fine. I probably would have watched the rest of it. It was just me. Right. But I'm like, eh, she's not into it. I, I'm yeah. not into it enough to. Is it a and, movie or is it a whole series? It's a movie. Um, okay. But I, after we stopped it, I saw that it was directed by Baz Luhrmann, who is the guy who oh, did. Oh, yeah. He, he did, did Romeo, like Romeo and, Juliet and Juliet from back in the day. And Moulin Rouge. Okay. And then I'm so like. So that's the style? Yeah. At yeah, that, and then it that made is, that is a bit that's a that's got a it made sense, but but with those it's got a style, it's like Moulin Rouge worked because it was a fantastical, you know, fiction, right? And same thing with Romeo and Juliet, like right from the get go, you 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 know, this is like just going to be way out there. It's mm. it's a it's a concept piece. Yeah, this is a biopic though. Interesting. Like so, it just to me, it just felt really weird. Um, huh. and yeah, I don't know. But that was the reason why it felt so weird. That makes sense. Yeah. That so, makes sense. Huh. 
And that brings us to current day. And here I am. Okay. Well, I will not watch that at all because it sounds like <laughs> nothing I want to deal with right now. I'm not a big movie guy. Like to sit down and watch a whole movie is like. I'm very much a movie guy, but that one was exhausting. Yeah. It's like making me dizzy. Oh, yeah. No, you're not selling it for me here. Well, okay. Um, I think you might have more than I have to talk about this week, Drew, because most of my stuff has been nothing all that exciting. Just like. I've finished a lot of the major projects around the house. That's mostly my That's hobby. That's fantastic. That's my hobby. That's what I do in my free time is like clean up the house and fix random things. Um, I did some random stuff like we had um, uh, like kitchen lights, like under cabinet lights. We've got some of those. And I had wanted some above our cabinets as well. And what do you, what do you why are you reacting so much? I just realized that we are dressed like Captain Kirk and Mr. Spock. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Look at this. This is, this is the same colors. <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. I didn't make that connection because. That is amazing. I don't get the same nerd points Drew does, but. <laughs> that makes me really happy. <laughs> That's great. Uh, sorry. Oh, uh, my gosh. Um, yeah. So I have like the above cabinet lights, not the under ones. But when we moved in like 10 years ago, I was like, yeah, I don't feel like getting actual lights. So I just put Christmas lights up there, like white Christmas lights. Like a string of Christmas lights. I dig it. And it was like, yeah, you couldn't really see them. I put aluminum foil underneath them. So it would like reflect more of the light. And just after like 10 years of dust caking onto my Christmas lights on top Mm. of aluminum foil, I was like, I think I can do better than this. (laughs) Uh, So I bought some like now they have like LED strip lights with remote controls. And it's like pretty cool. And it's not that expensive, really. So I was like, okay, it's time. I'm going to change that out. Well, of course, the ones I bought are like, you have to plug it into a USB thing. Aww. And I was like, okay, didn't know that. And I'd already taken out of the packaging and everything. And I was like, okay, I can't easily return this or whatever. And I was like, I can work with it. So I had to like change up. What I did is, is I had a um, electrical outlet up there. I tried using like one of those like plug-in little turds like you have for your phone, yeah. you know, but it like wasn't powerful enough. The thing like overheated oh, and all that. Oh, right, I, yeah. So I was like looking at the electrical requirements and I was like, ah, oh, it's kind of not enough. So I bought like, the outlet that has the USB in the outlet, those are more powerful. And so I swapped out the outlet, finally did that thing, and now it works great. So nice. um, it's cool. We can like make it like pulsate and change colors. And so the kids are messing with the remote. So now I'm like in the kitchen making dinner and it's like flash. Oh my like God. Pink and turquoise. And I'm like, okay. Like, <laughs> I wanted all the color selection, not so that we could have like a rave in our kitchen. But so I could just get something that looks the closest to the rest of the lights that we have. You right. know what I mean? Because like I didn't want to go through like multiple sets of lights trying to find. It. So I was like, oh, I'll just get one that's multicolored, and then I can just set it and never think about it again. You might need to hide, nope, that, the kids, hide that remote. Yeah, the kids got the remote, and now they're just like having a blast, changing it all the time. But it's fun, whatever you know. So did that. Um, I have a uh, a rowing machine that i bought years ago yeah you were super into that for a little while i love punishing my body and the row machine is one of the most efficient ways to do so yep um but it's like one of those row machines that actually has water yeah it's super cool i remember you you were very specific when you i remember when you bought that you were like you knew you knew what you wanted yeah you you had a very clear idea of what you wanted to purchase Mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah you got back on that thing well yeah i've had it for years and i i needed to change out the water so i did that clean out the tank and all that kind of stuff so i did that but like the the measuring device like wasn't working properly measuring device yeah because like the thing that like tracks how far you're rowing 
It's like connected to. The oh, I didn't know device. it was. I didn't know it was electronic. Yeah, so it's like, oh, okay. well, it's got like a sensor or something in it. You know, oh, sort of okay. like if you have a bike that shows you like how far you're going on the bike. You know, it's got like a little metal, you know, a little magnetic turd that goes around the wheel and you <laughs> know counts like up turd. the thing. I don't know. They're all little turds. <laughs> you know, it's got a little thing that like you go around. I've told myself I'm going to start saying doofer more often. Doofer. Doofer. That's like a that's like an English way to say random random thing. Okay. Yeah. Doofer. It's got a little doofer on there. Yeah. That's fitting. There you go. Um, Have it. So the little doofer like goes around or whatever and it counts how far you're going. So that broke like two years ago. So I've been rowing, but I have no idea how far I'm going or how mm. fast. It's like I've done it enough. And it's like I know when my body hurts that I'm like, oh, I must be doing it right. You know, because I'm punishing my muscles. I think Willy Wonka has a song about not knowing where you're rowing. Oh, yeah. You might be right. Is that the one that's in <laughs> that's the, the creepy the one. Tunnel one? Yeah. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so weird. Um, yeah, what I need to do is I need to listen to the friggin' chaos music there we while go. I'm rowing. That would get me going. Um, so anyway, I like finally was just like, okay. I was thinking like, do I need to reach out to the manufacturer or whatever? I was like, no, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this thing apart and see what the heck is going on. And it's not that complicated, but long story short, took it apart, kind of fiddled around with it a little bit. And I think like when I put it back together, I think like I had some part tightened too much and so it wasn't whatever. But basically by taking it apart and kind of putting it back together, now it works again. You so, fixed the doofer. Yeah. Nice. So, little you piece were- of knowledge here my dad passed on to me. He's like, whenever something's broken, always he, he calls it, give it a look-see. So it's like, just see what's going on. You know, if your car is making a funny noise, you may not know that much about cars, but you might open up and find out that like a squirrel packed a bunch of acorns in there. And you're like, oh, that shouldn't be there, obviously. Mm-hmm. You pull it out and you're like, oh, that fixed my problem. So like, rather than going to a mechanic or like going way out of your way, like just give it a look-see. Yep. You never know what you might find out. Yeah, I did that recently <laughs> my, my with the, like, I, I did that recently any. with the uh, light above our sink because it just stopped working one day yeah. and it's an LED light. I'm like, come on, you You're should like, last longer. On? Yeah. Uh, so I took it apart, looked at the wire nuts and everything like that, made sure everything was tight. Everything's fine. You're like, nope, the bulb just died. Yep. That happens. <sighs> I've had to replace multiple LEDs. Like the the LED itself is fine, but it's like the electronics inside <sighs> the bulb die, and you're like. 22 years my booty i know things so, supposed to last that long yeah. i was really hoping to just see something loose but no well but now you know you didn't like call an electrician yeah. you know or I just mean, throw out the bulb without knowing yeah it. i wouldn't need it now i need to re- just get yeah. a new fixture yeah so anyway did that fix my row machine without having to get any parts and without nice. having to contact anybody should have done it several years ago but whatever now i can row and see what i'm doing um my bike had gotten a flat tire a while ago and i just hadn't replaced it so finally did that um and then i've for the last several years i've wanted to like seed my lawn in the fall because i read that that's like what you're supposed to do in virginia that's that gives the seeds more time to germinate over the winter makes it more hardy because we have pretty harsh summers here yeah i think we seed twice a year yeah i mean i you can seed in the fall and the spring in virginia but i hear that the fall is the most important one Every year I miss it. I'm like too late and it's like November and cold and all that. And I'm like, daggone it. And then I only remember to do it in the spring. But this year I was like, I am going to freaking seed in the fall. And you did it? And I did. And then we had the hurricane and I went on the trip and all this stuff and all these things. So I had to do it in like several different like. But you did it. Little chunks. But yeah, I seeded. Yeah. So I did it. Yeah. Mission accomplished. There you go. 10 years in this house. First time I've ever seeded in the fall. Just imagine the beautiful. Yep. Lawn you're going to have next year. Yep. more. No more country grass for you. More grass to mow. Oh, no. The country grass totally takes over. <laughs> but it's like I have bare dirt. Yeah. Where it's like, you know, and it's like I need I need stuff there. Yeah. So, yeah. And then I decided like we have 
trees with like some natural area type stuff like mulch and then like the trees the shade just kills the grass that's anywhere near it we have we have half half of our backyard is that like the yeah. front half where the trees aren't it looks fine the back yeah. half is just just pine needles and dog poop that's pretty much just <laughs> just it's yep. like no man's land back there which is great in the fall because then it's like you can't see the dog turds yeah so and, and, like, and all the, all the leaves can just go back there that's fine there you just, go yeah so i've got that going on and i'm like you know what Maybe what I should do next spring, I'm going to let the crap die. And then uh, all these bare spots that I keep having to like seed and water and all this stuff over and over and over again, I'm just going to cover it with mulch and just stop trying to make it into something that it's not. Why not? So yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to expand my natural areas (laughs) to cover all of the dead spots that the trees keep on killing. That's fine. I think that's what I'm going to do. Anyway, that's a spring Brian problem, but yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so it's stuff like that stuff around the house just yeah little odds and ends that i've been doing little projects for different people and you know family members and all that kind of stuff but we did have a lot of family time got together with my parents um kids had some like get togethers ellie had a sleepover with her friend and you know just stuff like that so lots of family time you know stuff with the kids playing like lego worlds with joseph which is fun i've done that with archer it's a fun game finally got joseph to not, he always wants to play in creative mode mm-hmm. i don't know how you feel about this drew in the era, okay, this is like a whole thing. So when we grew up playing video games, it was like there's level, uh huh, boss. Oh, you know I'm with you. Level on this. boss, level boss. There's a mission, there's a goal. You progress, you're accomplishing things, and then like sandbox games started to come out more in like our college years and stuff like that. And you could like run around, like I'm thinking like the Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. games and stuff like that. Like there's there's missions and stuff like that to do. But if you just want to like fire it up for ten minutes and just whatever, drive around and, you know, run into other people's cars and steal cars off of people on the street in Grand Theft Auto. Sure, fine, do that, whatever, it's fine. But like, my kids are not motivated. Ellie's a little more motivated because she's a little more competitive, but Joseph is not motivated at all to play a game that has any mission or purpose to it whatsoever. Yeah. He just wants to like, go around, build stuff, whatever, just kind of, which is fine, like that's his prerogative. But he like wants me to play with him and I'm just like, what? what am I doing here? Like I need, so- I need like something. I'm the same way. To latch onto here. Like I can't just like, I mean, Lego world's like, I have every brick, I have everything and just like open landscape. I'm like, what am I doing? Yeah. So I'm usually like, let me build a ladder that goes to the top of the sky. Like how high can this thing possibly go? Yeah. And I'm going to build a racetrack and then race steamrollers on it, you know? Yeah. And like, I need like some purpose Same. to these things. But Joseph's just like, I mean, he's dreaming up. He's having his great time there, but he's not wanted to play. I mean, we've had this game for like five years, probably. He has not wanted to play adventure mode from the very beginning. Archer plays adventure mode because that lets him like unlock stuff. And he likes to, he likes kind of the thrill of, I unlocked this. Yeah. So he does appreciate that. And, in, in, in creative in, mode, you already have everything you have a, unlocked. Right, but so he, like, he does enjoy the thrill of like earning something. Yeah, yeah. so so that does keep like, him in the story mode a little bit, but he also likes creative mode. Yeah. Um, but like he likes to play Disney Infinity, which is you know an older mm-hmm. game, but you okay. put your little dudes on the on the platform and you get to play in them in the play as them okay. in the game. All right. But that there's a building mode there, but there's also story based. Um, game objectives and i like to play those whenever he wants me to play i'm like i'll play with you as long as we play a game like Mm. with a narrative (laughs) but i'm not just going to stand there while you stack a bunch of you know giant basketballs on top of each other and try to run into them with a car like 
I mean, that can be fun. It can for a little while, but, but for like it gets, years, it gets old quick. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. So, but anyway, Joseph was like receptive to that and he was like, okay, let's do adventure mode. All right. And then we did it and we were like, I have no idea what was going on because that game is very confusing in adventure mode. But at least I was like, okay, I'm going to talk to this. You know, we did like a space level and it was mm-hmm. like, this guy wants to get a picture of himself taken next to an alien. All right. Let's Mission. Go, let's go find an alien. Yes. We take a picture and we're like, all right, I get a green crystal. What does that mean? I have no idea. You know? And then you find some other alien who's like, I want a green crystal and a donut. And you're like, ah, <laughs> I have a green crystal. Where the heck do I get a donut? And you're just like, you're still kind of wandering around aimlessly, but you're at least like, at least I have something to look for here. Because me, when I'm like bored, I'm like, let me just throw in the jetpack and like sh- blow up everything, like shoot things with missiles. And that it always devolves into like, well, I'm bored with this. So I'm just going to blow up destroy everything. destroy everything. Level. That's what happens when oh I look Anyway, so it's fun. Having a good time with Joseph and, and Ellie. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, all right. And working. I've been working a lot. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I did like, know that. Yeah. Project management software changeover and all these things. But yeah, it'll be a good time. All right. We got a little bit of company updates here. We've been a little behind because I was out. We had some videos that we were still kind of editing. We got some more to shoot. That we're trying to get done this week so that we can have stuff to post in the future. But our video editor has been under the weather. So... We're a little behind on some things, but it's all good. We got plenty in the works. Um, do you have a video about getting back into fountain pens? Maybe it'll publish by the time <laughs> this video goes out. Maybe. I don't know. If not, it'll be very soon. But anyway, that should be coming. Uh, it might be next week. We might have actually bumped it to next week. We Sorry. did, yeah, but we who did. knows? We really don't know what's happening. Okay, but it's going to be coming soon, and I'm excited It'll be about the next it. video. It'll be the next non-pencast video, yes. non-slice, non-podcast video that we get out. <laughs> Whatever that means. So look for that coming soon. And uh, yeah, that's kind of all we've had going on there. And I think we can wrap this thing up. All right, y'all. Thank you very much for watching. Please leave us some feedback. Let us know how we're doing. Ask us questions in the comments and whatnot. You can definitely check out googlypens.com. Look at all the products that we have there. Learn about mm, technical details and look at pictures and all these things beyond what we talked about here. Subscribe to all our stuff so you can see our things. Uh, you can email us at pencast at googlypens.com. And I have a random fun fact for you all, since it is now October. Uh, The meaning behind October's name is far from accurate these days. The ancient Roman calendar was based on lunar cycles, as opposed to our current calendar, which is based on solar cycles. This meant that there were originally 10 months in the calendar, the Roman calendar. And October was the eighth month. October 8th. That's where the name came from. Its name literally just translated into the eighth month in Latin. So that's where it came from. But in 451 BC, the two months of Januarius and Februarius were added to the beginning of the calendar, making October the 10th month. So those were the newest months added? I don't know about November and December. But I guess originally 10 months on the calendar. So November and December must have already been there. So January and February got added later. Ah. And I guess later being 2,500 years ago. Mm. But so October, if you think about it, it's the 10th month. But October means, oct means eight. Yep. It does. Now you know. That is new. Doesn't really matter. But now you know. That's what the... Fun fact is all about. All right. That was fun. (laughs) What a fact. We hope you all enjoyed this. We're going to see you again next week, right? We're doing the same thing next week. I would like to. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it again. All right. We'll see you next week. But you have to be there. 
Have a great week, everybody. You know who I'm listening to. You. Oh. You. Not Brian. You're talking you. to them? Wait, not not you. That next, next to you. No, no, that one. Right there. Okay. Right there. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Have a great week, everybody, and right on. <laughs>